All right, greetings, Cool Boy Nation. This episode, spooky greetings, Cool Boy Nation. I forgot. This episode, we'll be doing something very special. <gasps> something that has never been done anywhere. Ever. <laughs> now you say, oh my God, oh tell my me what God. is it? I'm sorry. Oh my God. Wait, wait, let me do it a little spookier. Oh my God. Tell me what is it? <laughs> okay. We will be doing the first <laughs> was that ever. Spooky? Was that scared enough? Well, it was spooky scared. at first, and then it, then it just came that like gravelly like, like, like voice you do for any time you're, we're, you know, just talking. Do, doing a girl's voice. Just talking, yeah. Or a dog's voice. We will be doing the first ever live commentary of a <gasps> spooky horror Halloween inbred mutant gay porn. What? Very spooky voice. No. <laughs> I don't know. What's no. a spooky voice? No. no. Like a ghost? We're not nudes. <laughs> We do no, I no, we're not. I didn't agree to this. To I didn't. That's not spooky. This sounds like I have a like a horrible speech impediment. Agree to this. This. I really a lot of s's. Cool boys everywhere. Strap in and buckle up. It's time for uh, the unrated <gasps> 2006 remake. <gasps> Of the hills have eyes. <gasps> Ooh. Ah. Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. We'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just the young boy. So cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. <laughs> like this movie why are we doing this movie of all the movies we get picked because i like to hate this movie i saw it once and i hated it it's probably the one movie that i saw with uh, a bunch of friends and to this day they're like this is the movie that you hated the most ballard you jumped up and down you're the most visceral you were screaming loudly i don't think i'm gonna be screaming loudly at this movie tonight so i don't think i'll have the same type of reaction having seen it before but i thought I remember this movie just being like everybody making the wrong choices over and over and over again. Welcome, Cool Boy Nation, to a very special installment of the Cool Boys podcast in which we watched the 2006 masterpiece of shit shot on 35 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. Not sure why that's that's the unrated 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes. <gasps> Rotten Tomato gives it a 52% uh, with an audience score of 58%. Mm. Oh, see, so the audience likes it more. Yeah. We are watching the 2006 remake because it is far better than the original R-rated 1977 <laughs> piece of shit shot on 16 millimeter film. Ah, that's why. That's why we we said how many millimeters the first the remake has. <laughs> the hills have eyes. Okay, same time. Rotten Tomatoes gives that a 65% with an audience score of 54%. Wow. It's what I always like to say. The lucky ones die first. I'm first, Victim Falk. And I'm Big Bob Ballard. Uh. So spooky. 
So spooky indeed. So yeah, so um, this movie that we're watching has a higher audience score versus critic score. Um, I have never seen the 1977 film, actually, so... Yeah, so I have no bearing. <laughs> is it Wes Craven? Yeah, it is. It's Wes Craven. It's the early Wes Craven. Yeah, yeah and I, as I, I believe, it's generally not regarded to be a very good movie. Yeah, like, it doesn't look good. I often confuse this with The Crazies, because The Crazies also had a remake right around the same time, and the yep. original The Crazies is also made right around the same time as the original, and, and like... Uh, the Hills Have Eyes is Wes Craven, but regarded as kind of one of his really weak movies that's not really worth watching. The Crazies is kind of a pretty weak George Romero movie, so uh, it's, I often mix up which one they are. This is the one with ca- like weird mutant cannibals in the desert. Yes, correct. And with Crazies is kind of like a weird like zombie outbreak that's not zombies right yeah it's, it's, it's like it's it's like a psychological like gas gets in people's brains and makes them like just murder people right um the crazies i have not seen the original either and only seen the remake of the crazies and i saw the remake with you actually yeah it's actually not bad the remake's not bad the original's not very good was it timothy oliphant who's the who's the main guy in it it's timothy oliphant or josh duhamel i don't fucking remember and i can't tell I can't them remember. apart anyways yeah i, th- I want to say timothy Tim- i think it's timothy which one was on the office i can't even fucking remember timothy what? okay really yeah not josh yeah, Tim- Tim- no timothy is the is the salesman that's the best salesman ever that doesn't need to ever show up to work really? oh and they joke there was a joke where like they're like who, who do you who does he look like and somebody says like josh duhamel and i'm like because like that's yeah, the thing that like everyone think always right. thinks the actual actor looks like yeah i think yeah. you're right that's why i'm throwing off all right well this movie doesn't have any of those either of those people though no. <laughs> it actually has someone better felk it has your your boyfriend as i like to call him i don't know why and Corey's boyfriend Corey. let's call the Corey hotline hi this is Corey. I hope you and I can get married someday. Okay. Ted Levine. Ted Levine. It's pronounced Levine as far as we both <laughs> know. And now, <laughs> Felk reads the back of VHS cases. Tonight's is not a VHS case. It's a Blu-ray. And tonight is The Hills Have Eyes. Unrated. The version not shown in theaters. Well, that's a fucking old saying. Remember theaters? Yep. <laughs> What's a theater? I don't know. Regal Cinema's not going to have any more theaters anymore. Thank you, James Bond. Yeah, thanks, fucking MGM or whoever. I guess they're not MGM anymore. Whoever it is. The most shocking... I think it's Sony now. The most shocking horror film in a long time, says <gasps> WCBS TV slash People. Oh, nice. I don't really understand how that works. People Magazine and the CBS affiliate. The shock a minute chiller that scared the hell out of audiences around the world. Puns are terrifying, yeah. Takes terror to the next level in this unrated special edition that includes additional footage not shown in theaters and special features to die for. (gasps) Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, (laughs) okay, it took me a second. Uh, She was in a movie called To Die For. A cross-country road trip takes a deadly (laughs) turn in this... It sounds like that one uh, with Chaz (laughs) for you. They want to party, though. I've I've been waiting to to bring up the mini comparisons between those two films. Uh, Well, Chaz's film film had a lot of partying going on. They took a party bus to do some partying in Vegas, and they couldn't stop partying, and then they ended up having to crash the bus or something. Let's get into the movie, and I'm going to pull up that... 
Yeah, okay. The log line in the description, that. so I can I can check for all the similarities. And whatever the movie was called, it's called like Valor Morgulis or some shit. It was it, some weird Game of Thrones. It was name. it was something like that. It wasn't Valor Morgulis because that is from Game of Thrones. All right, a cross country road trip takes a deadly turn in the spine tingly remake of Wes Craven's classic horror masterpiece about a stranded family masterpiece <laughs> that falls prey to a freakish clan of bloodthirsty mutants in the New Mexico desert packed with gut-wrenching gore, ghastly makeup effects, and heart-stopping suspense. The Hills Have Eyes will keep you on the edge of your seats and your sanity. All right, well, Ooh, the movie now is warning us. sounds spooky. The movie is warning us that we might go insane. Now, I would think being locked in my home for nine months because of a fucking virus <laughs> would, would cause insanity. But no, according to this DVD or possibly Blu-ray cover, uh, we're going we're gonna to go insane because we watched the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Go crazies. Uh, we might go crazies. And I guess we can uh, begin. So, oh, yeah. also, we should have mentioned that we're going to do the fucking top five 1970s horror films while we're yeah, doing we'll this. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't mentioned once in the entire entirety of that description there. Cool boy nation. Push play. Spooky now. All right. So tonight, yeah, we're actually going to be doing some top five 1970s horror films from Felk and I uh, as best as we can while watching this movie. Um, we'll go over our top five list, uh, but I'm going to actually want to watch this movie some, just so you know. Fox Searchlight means it costs less than $10 million. Is that what that meant? Uh, yeah, it's our indie uh, division. Between 1945 and 1962, the United States condu conducted 331 atmospheric nuclear tests. Today, the government still denies the genetic effects caused by the radioactive fallout. Fucking typical government. That fallout is called Top Gun. New Mexico <laughs> desert. Oh, fucking Crimson Tide has, uh, just because uh, I just watched Crimson Tide with Corey, uh, has a great opening crawl. It's like the three most powerful people in the world are the president of the United States. That's Donald Trump. The pr uh, the president of the Russian premier or whatever. That's Vladimir Putin and the commander of a nuclear sub. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Yep. This movie was made in 1995. All right. Well, we're here in the desert. Somebody's fishing. Yep. Now, oh, no, one of these people is going to probably be the first victim who you are. I'm anyway. Big Bob Ballard. That's technically Ted Levine. We should we should uh, also preference that I have not seen this movie. I don't think, but I also may have seen this movie. I don't remember. Well, it looks like a lot of movies. Yeah, that's the problem. Like I said, I was confusing it with The Hills Have Eyes. That may have, may or may or not have been on. Uh, I was confusing it with uh, The Crazies. I may or may not have. Uh, we may or may not have been on air when I said that. I don't remember. You were. Okay, good, 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 good. <gasps> Zombies, monster, oh. mutant. Who is that? Is that Jesse Pinkman? That looked, I thought for a second, is that Aaron Paul? But it's not. Oh, shit. Dead. Oh, my God. These guys are getting picked. These scientists are getting destroyed. Fish. This is Alejandro Aja. Right? Yes. Yeah, the same He's guy that did like Piranha 3 Double D and... Um, no, no. Double D was the sequel. And that's not, not directed Oh, and then he just did Piranha 3D? Yeah, Piranha 3D. Which is, I think, watch... I mean, it's it's good-ish. It. It's almost watchable. Adam Scott is really miscast, but... 
Yeah, but he's still great in it. Kelly uh, Kelly Brook is amazing in it. Yes. Um, uh, who else is it? Elizabeth Shue, isn't she the sheriff? Yes. And she's serviceable. I mean, Elizabeth Shue mm-hmm. always, she's always a serviceable. The kids are good. Yeah. Piranha 3D is hilarious. I own that. I own it in 3D. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. I really do love that movie. Piranha 3 Double D is good, too. That's the one that's with the water park, and that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So we got an actual opening credit sequence. Mm-hmm. The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, using all stock footage, retro stock footage of uh, nuclear. You know, yeah, the same fucking, bombs. the exact same stock footage that starts the beginning of the uh, '90s Godzilla, and I think some of the re- the 2011, whenever it was, 2012, 14, 14. 14 wow, mm-hmm. uh, Godzilla remake also uses the same stock footage. Yeah, and uh, King Kong uses, or Kong Skull Island uses some of it too. It's very popular footage. It this, is. This well, nuclear. I mean, it gets the point across for, for the uh, the Mudos or whatever. Jesus. Just watching all these people. and these these that's Those are pigs. Those are pigs in those. Oh, um, really? Wha- <gasps> my God. Oh, cut in some real stuff. Kind of doing the Zack some, Snyder some thing. Some fake shit. <laughs> the, the fake shit looks so bad compared to the real I stuff. Hope the, I hope that's fake. That was disturbing. <gasps> that yeah, might be yeah. real. Man, I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, Tom and Andy did the score. Yeah, those are just like fun images I, I have enjoyed some of the sources the, the, the nuclear um, like blasts and stuff like that and the shockwave stuff that's all real that's fucking insane okay that was a real baby that was deformed yeah, from fucking well, there's Hiroshima. some like messed up shit somewhere in the world of course you know northern China for a long time had some horrible uh, defects going on with the population up there because of all the pollution up there it's one of the reasons I think one of the re- reasons China just turned everything around so quickly and like was like fuck this we cannot be causing so much pollution anymore they were losing well, no. huge chunks of their population the reason why they turned everything around so quickly is because that trade was opened up with China and they started using slave labor to basically take all American manufacture <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean like look we I love Nixon but it was maybe not a great idea to fucking open up a trade with them now at the extent that he was probably envisioning to open up trade with China was never, oh, we'll just give them all of our manufacturing. Right. Because we can't possibly compete because we have minimum wages and expected quality of living, and they have slave labor camps with billions Jeez. of people. In yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. And if and if you're yeah, and, and if you're smart, you get to be one of the best slave labor camps like Foxconn, where it's, you almost kind of feel like you have a job. Of course, you sleep in a fucking cot. Yeah. Uh, but and if you're one of the dumb and you ones, sleep on premises and yeah, everything too. You, you're you're fucking in a dirty mine yeah. camp. And then if you're a Muslim, uh, we don't talk about what we do to them. A Uyghur Muslim. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. Whoops. All right. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me a lot of like uh, Tremors 2 kind of, this opening shot right here. Tremors is such a fucking good movie, dude. We should watch yeah, Tremors, Tremors instead of this. I'm, I'm actually watching uh, Tremors uh, uh, tomorrow night. Tonight I'm watching Critters 2. Uh, we watched Critters last night with the kids. And um, we're going to watch Critters 2 tonight and then we're watching Tremors tomorrow night. Hmm. We're doing our 31 Days of Horror. We did Poltergeist. That's what we started off with the kids. We, really? The kids you show this. that to your kids? That's Oh, yeah. They loved Poltergeist. It was great. Poltergeist is a it's a it's aggressive. It's aggressive. My rule this year with the kids and my wife and I have agreed that uh, as long as it doesn't have titties in it because they're too young for that, they can see it. Critters has titties. Critters 2 has titties. Oh, and they're not seeing that one. And well, they've seen it tonight. So, I mean, but the thing is, it's a joke. It's not like sex titties. Critters 2's titties is literally like a... Um, uh, some kind of like you know body morph that turns into giant titties and then it scales it back intensely. I don't know. I, I mean, d- d- not that I'm 
at whatever, you know, question your decisions on how you do your own thing. But I just don't think like a pair of tits, depending on the context, like the ones in airplane where it's out of context, it's not yeah, sexual. Exactly, you just see yeah. tits. That's not like, but then like you compare that to like a, a lot of PG horror movies from the nineties or eighties when we were still allowed to do fucked up shit like the witches, mm-hmm. the witches disturbed me in yeah. ways that like airplanes, pair, pair of tits never did. We're probably going to show the kids the witches this year, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, it is officially a PG movie. You know, it's yep. just, it's just it's conceptually scary. Yeah, Critters Two is a PG thirteen film. That's um, fun, though. That's fun. That's not yeah, conceptually. It, yeah, and it, it, it is. It's absolutely about context. What I mean by like, as long as it doesn't have titties in it, we're showing it to them. What I mean by that is like Halloween. I can't show them Halloween oh, course, yet because yeah. there's sex titties in yeah, it. Yeah, sex titties is yeah. That's, yeah, that, airplane. Yeah, that's totally a different type of titties. That's why that's why they're watching Critters Two tonight because those types of titties. That's fun. That's just that's that's lighthearted titties. That's just beach titties. Yeah, Not that they're at a beach, just, yeah. just like, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, and it's, they're gonna see titty some point. My daughter's actually excited about the titty scene because she knows about them, and that the whole point of the titty scene is the because they already know about the you know the bounty hunters that change to like look like humans. Like she's yeah. like, oh my god, so there's bounty hunters the next one, and I'm like, yeah, one of them turns into a girl and her boobs get way too big, and she and my daughter was like, I want to see her boobs get way too big. <laughs> it's a fun scene. I haven't seen those movies since I was a kid, so they're great. Critters is um, a lot better than I remember. It's a lot like Leprechaun, but way better than Leprechaun. I'm the Leprechaun. Oh yeah, these guys really sharp. Oh my god, Leprechaun! I think the kids might see. And I, think I don't think I've good. seen any of the Leprechaun movies. I'm just I'm, oh, I'm just referencing the Wayne's World. Wayne's World, yeah. The first Leprechaun I've seen. I've not seen any of the other Leprechaun <laughs> films, and I'm watching all of those with my wife this year. But maybe Sony. the first one the kids might get to see because it's just it's the same thing as Critters. It literally is. Yeah. Uh oh. So what's happening here? We're following this gas station man. He's uh, where's Ted? Yeah, where's Ted Levine? My guess. Is that he's uh he's looks like he's collecting Ugh. shit he's finding from people and There's I never, can't remember this. Oh been, shit in here. Ew. It's in here. It's not a big Mac container. Um it has been uh Whoa shit. Maybe it's been about thirteen years since I've seen this movie. Well that would and I've only seen it once. Did you see it in theaters? No, I saw it at uh, at, at our place in uh, Van Nuys. All right, well she'd probably get into our top five. Report preliminary findings. Not worried about her. We gotta keep him gagged. Cool boy nation, pop your cocks and drop your tops. It might be interesting and important for you to know. It's time for our cool boy show topic. Hey, I like that. Spoilers. So cool. There's Tubla V. Okay, yeah, so why are we doing top fives? Well, we're doing top fives because it's fun, and we're doing top fives this time, 1970s horror films, because it's an easy way to start off a pattern moving forward for Halloween. We'll do, you know, rather than a month of Halloween episodes, we can just do one particular special, and next year we'll do 1980s, and the following year we'll do 1990s, and then the next year we'll do 2000s, and then we'll get caught up with 2010s, because there will be no 2020 horror movies, because that's just called the news. I mean, there are 2020 horror movies. Actually, there's like five or six of them. Uh, it's like the only genre that seems kind of um, impervious to this shit, because generally speaking, in, indie horror movies are, you know, like they, they cost less than 10 mil and they make less than 50 mil and are still considered successes. So they've transferred pretty easily to the VOD market because, you know, it's you still want to cuddle up in, in Netflix and chill and fuck to a horror movie. That's, that's kind of the point. Uh mm-hmm. And I, I just recently watched uh, Invisible Man because it came to HBO, which was a was 2020 good. horror movie. It's fine. It's not great. Yeah, I liked it. 
It's no The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, but sure. That was garbage. The Mummy was horrible with Tom Cruise. Now, Brendan Fraser, The Mummy. Come and get some. Um, yeah, uh, what else did I, uh, did I see that's 2020? Oh, The Rental. I like that. Yeah, Actually, yeah, like that's rental. another one. That I didn't good. even know that was a thing. But I Googled horror movies before I Googled 70s horror movies. And sure enough, I mean, I got movies. But no Vera Mortis. No. Oh, my God. So, wait, before we get into our top five, why don't you just get into Chaz's number one? You see, it's just that at Chippendales, our dancers have traditionally had that lean, muscular, healthy physique. Chaz! It's Wesley's birthday, and his friends are throwing him a party. A party that's going to last the whole weekend. A party in Las Vegas. To maximize their party time, they hire a party bus and travel from Los Angeles. One disaster after another leaves them stranded in the desert at a lonely old house in the middle of nowhere. With no cell reception for miles around, they are cut off from the outside world. Not wanting to spoil Wesley's birthday, they try to make the best of a bad situation. Only when people start to die do they realize how desperate their situation is as the fight for survival begins. Questions remain. Who or what is doing the killing? Where did it come from? And who can they trust? Well, who are they fighting for survival against? That would be the person. That would be whoever the, that's doing the killing, mm-hmm. probably. If they're fighting against it. Yep. Uh, Wesley is a very gay name. And as I previously uh, mentioned, uh, I, I have driven to Vegas many, many times. You are on the I-15 the entire way. And uh, there is cell reception all the way. Uh, if you pull over, you just call... Triple A, you're the the most middle of nowhere is between is the stretch between Barstow and Baker, and either way, you're 60 miles in either direction. There's a small town that will drive a tow truck out to you and bring you back to that town and fix your car. So you're that's not really possible. But uh, Hills Have Eyes is a similar plot in which this this family here is now at a gas station in the quote unquote middle of nowhere. Uh, New Mexico. It's New Mexico where the nuclear tests happen. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess they're they're stranded because they I, I mean, again, I've driven through New Mexico as well. When driving to Houston, you just stay on the TED and, and you go through it and you do not want to have weed in your car <laughs> in that state. Really? The 10 goes through that county that used to be uh, whatever the guy's name was, Joe or R- RPPBO. And, and he, they would like pull people over. And if they found like a seed, in your fucking car, they're like, oh, marijuana seed. You could have grown a plant for that. That's 10 years in the pokey. <laughs> Jeez. There's like absurd cases of people getting like a year in their like concentration camps because that guy was insane against marijuana. So uh, you just you just. uh so wait, so the mom is from Apollo 13 in this movie we're watching right now. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I recognized her. Something broke on your daddy's spaceship. And then the daughter, or one of the daughters, is from Lost. The uh, um, um, What's her name? Emily DeRavine or some shit? Oh, is it the Australian chick? Yeah. My, my baby! Did she take my baby? She took my baby! Yeah, that's right, yes. What was the Hobbit's name? Mary. Was it Mary was her name? No, Mary. What Mary's this name in the uh, Lord of the Rings as the Hobbit. Charlie! Charlie! Charlie, they took my baby! Charlie! My baby! Stop it! No, stop it's it! Boy, it's not... Charlie, stop! No. My baby! Oh my god, just rewatched Lord of the Rings, but for my kids, watched them for the first time. They started the very first Hobbit film and then went all the way to Return of the King, and they fucking loved it. I asked them after it was done, I said, what do you prefer, Avengers, Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings? And they said Lord of the Rings was their favorite series of films. Oh my God, <laughs> sounds exhausting. Like you're constantly just showing your children movies. <laughs> just like it's like not, three movies a day. 
No, it's not three movies a day. <laughs> well, during quarantine, it makes fucking sense. Yeah. Though. I mean, what and else? Lord are you of the Rings do? and the Hobbits are easily uh, breakable into uh, one part, like for like the first half of each film, and then two the second part for the last half of the film. So like all, it's like it becomes twelve different like mini yeah. like Sherlock style films. Yeah, yeah exactly. End. I mean, like, but what else you got? You can't take him to Disneyland. You know, you, there's no, nowhere else to go. So you might as well just yeah. let him experience the world through uh, the motion pictures. Yeah, so um, so they saw their their second R-rated film by seeing The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, um, extended edition. That's actually technically R-rated movie. Yeah, MPAA actually rated them. It was it was yeah. unusual. And so they saw their second R-rated film. Their first being Point Break, of course. But um, yeah, so it was it was like one of those things. Uh, I was like, okay, wait, why was this movie rated R again? The Hobbit, and then it's yeah. the whole sequence on the uh, river, the ice river, where they're cutting off heads over yeah. and over and over again. It's beheadings, uh, yeah. and and how many frames of beheading can be depicted in? Right, because uh, there's lots of beheadings in Helm's Deep and beheadings at uh, Minas Tirith. Um, but yeah, the, when it's constantly trolls being beheaded over and over and over again. Yeah. Changes everything. It made me want to do a Lord of the Rings episode. And of course, Gandalf says fuck all the time. Yeah. <laughs> again, just watch Crimson Tide. That movie is rated R for language. Like there's yeah. no reason other than the ability to say fuck that they made that movie R rated. And it's just like, oh, I remember the 90s. I remember a time in which adults were Adult allowed to, 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 to hear the word fuck and studios were willing to release movies as R rated just so the actors could have realistic dialogue instead mm -hmm. of this, you know, bullshit. Every big, every movie over $30 million has to be PG 13. Otherwise it can't possibly make its money back unless it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. Uh, yep. He's the only one who was willing to do it. Like everyone else is until, and, and then Logan and all that stuff. But until then, you know, everything had to be PG 13 and, and, and shit is the new fuck shit language. Mm -hmm. That's how language, you fucking yeah. start a movie now. The um the interesting thing too about the, all that is like you should have said cunt uh, cunt language. Oh my god, yeah, not American audiences, that's for sure. What, was it uh you you uh quibbling whim? What, Mule, what did mewling quim. <laughs> mewling quim. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. You're a monster. She's a slut. <laughs> I was going to say something along that line. It's complete horror. <laughs> Trick, man. <laughs> this is all Breaking Badish to me now. I feel like I'm watching it with new eyes because now, I, after having seen this before, yeah. I saw Breaking Bad after this because I actually caught up with Breaking Bad after this was released. Uh, I, th I believe I was recommending you watch Breaking Bad before you had started watching it. So I take credit for the all of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, you take credit for it. You did it. I did it. Fuck you, Vince Gilligan. It was me. It was all you. You No, you, uh, I think it, it was you and then a few other people had practically the same uh, comment about Breaking Bad. You said each episode is like watching a film. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely a cult following until like season three and then season one and two were on Netflix and then you could catch up very easily. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people had to catch up by renting them at Blockbuster or whatever or getting them sent to them on Netflix. Um, I got caught up for season three by renting them on Netflix, doing the DVD rental no. on Netflix. Because the pilot has tits in it because the pilot was, was they didn't know yeah. who the distributor was going to be. There are a few episodes um, of Breaking Bad that have boobs in them and there are rated episodes and you can only get them if you watch the Blu-ray. Yeah, well, they, they knew at a certain point that the show would have its legacy on a streaming service. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, there's like a few stripper scenes throughout the show, and they they, they usually wear pasties though. There's no exposed tits except in the pilot, as far as I know. No, no, there's there's exposed tits for sure. Uh, I may have watched them on AMC then. Yeah, no, there's a few episodes where there's exposed tits, and um, and the Blu-ray episodes they don't drop fuck. They yeah. let Walt say fucking stuff. Yeah, I fuck Ted. Or Skyler, yeah, Skyler yeah. saying it, yeah. Which is why, which is one of the things I really hated uh, that the the Walking Dead did that. Uh, they're screwing with the wrong people line from the comics, and it's of course where they're, they're fucking with the wrong people. But they didn't shoot a second version of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was taken. No, they did not. It's not on on Netflix. It's still they're, they're screwing yeah, with the wrong. But people. But the Blu-ray, I have it. The Blu-ray has fucking with the wrong people. Yeah, Rick. Rick says it on the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. They're fucking with the wrong people. Well, that should yeah. be that version should be on Netflix because Netflix is going to have R-rated stuff. I don't understand. Netflix is weird about that stuff because they, mm-hmm. they, then they censor like some movie for, for like no oh, it's Back to the Future too. The Netflix version censors tits for some reason because they want to yeah. adhere to like the modern standards of a PG movie. We're not we're not talking about the seventies movies. We should probably get into that. <laughs> So, oh my God, he's offering this kid cigarettes right now in the back of this RV. This is an RV. Who is this actor? He sounds. Uh, maybe that's Andrew Stanton or whatever. I'm not sure. That's a director. Andrew Stanton, isn't that a the Finding Nemo director? Yeah, that's the guy who directed John Carter, not of Mars. Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know who that is. Oh, Aaron, Aaron something, Aaron. The, the, Aaron Stanton. Uh, pyro. Ew. Oh my God. Ew. It was a tire. No, no, the, the lizard died. Oh, it, I didn't like ripped the lizard part. apart. The spikes. One time I was on uh, uh, like some back roads in like uh, Mexico, and um, Andy was driving, and he all of a sudden slammed on the brakes. And some of us were sitting on the on the hood of the car. Some of us were sitting on the trunk of the car because it, his, he was driving this old Beamer, and it could barely get over rocks. So we had to like help like balance it out by sitting in different places because we couldn't have all the weight in one area, and. Um, and all of a sudden he hits the brakes and it was a little lizard in the middle of the dirt path or road just like that. And he saw it somehow. He was driving and he jumps out of the car, runs over, and he just picks up this fucking lizard. He's like, look at this shit. Look I'm at like, this you don't shit. even know that it's poisonous. What's going on? Look at all my lizards. I'm like, you just saw that too? Like you saw it's like it's like George Costanza when uh with Jerry when he's like seeing like, you know, like things on the ground like quarters or whatever and he's yeah. like picking them up oh, or whatever look, a dime <laughs> yeah but oh, he had time but he grabs like an onion like it's an apple <laughs> he, he takes a bite of an onion yeah you're eating onions you're spotting dimes i don't know what's going on yeah all right that's uh, what andy's like <laughs> all right well with that wonderful andy story we should probably move on to our cool boy show topic or just abandon it and just talk about whatever. No, no, let's do it. Let's just go to the show topic. It's fine. This is good timing because now the horror is beginning, right? Yes, the, the family's horror, stranded. Yeah. So, Felk, I'll go first because it always goes me, then you. So, I'll jump in first. So, my first movie on my list. Okay, it was a hard list to create because there's a bunch of shit, uh, obviously, in the 70s and some major films. Um I have some ones that I wanted. I want to put as like a five, but then I also think, well, Felk's probably going to have it as a one or a two. Mm-hmm. And is it worth even putting on my list at all? No. And 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 risk that you talk about it. So one of them I'm not going to talk about because I'm going to pray to God that you talk about it. And it was going to be my number five was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now I'm not right. going to do Texas this Chainsaw. Isn't Massacre. how we do lists? <laughs> no, it isn't. But I want to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I'm praying to you God. Are you are going list. to talk about it. So move on to your actual number five. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess. Oh, I've got it higher. <laughs> Good, okay, it's not it. So I really want to talk about Suspiria. Okay, I do not on my list. Um, it was made in 1977. 
and it's um, by uh, Dario Argento. It is. And eventually the, the film was remade by uh, Lucha Gudagino or whatever. Gudagino. I don't know how you pronounce it. Pronouncenames.com. Luca Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino. Um, the guy that called me by your name. He yeah. did the. Uh, uh, he's a great director. Um, everything I, he's done, I've been blown away by. I love uh, a bigger splash. Huh. It's fucking great. And and so Suspiria was amazing. And so I went and saw Dario Argento's Suspiria, and it's such a vastly different film about witches in a dance academy and a ballet academy. But it is all atmosphere like nicholas winding refin like it is all like euphoria it is just lights and colors and young girls not understanding what's going on Wait, are you talking about the, mo- the movie that you're allowed to talk about or are you talking about the remake of the movie that was not the superior no no the, the, the 1977 one is all okay. lights and colors okay. because um uh, uh the, the remake uh is great it's fucking awesome is not that it's very toned down it's very bleak it's it's beige colors it's it's atmospheric but not in the same way this this movie the dario argento one is like blasted in red sequences or blasted purple scenes for some reason very dreamlike it's it's creepy shit and it's and what's creepy about is it's like this this it's got the 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 campiness quality to it and there's not much more like i could really say about suspiria that you can't go listen to and like red letter media's review oh shit but like it, it, it is it is truly a movie that I saw. I saw Suspiria because of the uh, Red Letter Media review, mm. and and I saw the first or the remake and it because of them and what they how they reviewed it and it blew me fucking away. Like it is it is just loud music and and there's something that they mentioned it that is really worth noting. The opening of Suspiria 1977 is this great song, but out of nowhere in the middle of the credits while the credits are rolling, just literally out of nowhere while the credits are rolling, all of a sudden you hear. VO talking about the main character getting on a plane from New York. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. She chose the celebrated Academy of Fribourg. One day at nine in the morning, she left Kennedy Airport, New York, and arrived in Germany at 10.40 p.m. local time. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is going on right now? And then it cuts to your main character just showing up and like, the worst like airport but i mean at the same time it's you know supposed to be germany in the 70s i guess so have you seen it felk no i have i've seen scenes of the original and i've seen the red letter media retrospective of it every time i'm interested in watching the remake i it says running time 189 minutes and i'm just like nah so i, I never see it you doing a heart? The, the, the original, I don't think, is that long. No, the, the no, the original is not that long, but it's not on like Prime or anything. So I'm like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch a Dario or Gento film. Honestly, all of his films are not my cup of tea. Even though I love Romero and they had a lot of collaboration, uh, I, I his movies are always. I don't like dubbed stuff. That that just takes me out of a movie. So oh my I'm god! So Suspiria in 1977 is like the weirdest dubbing. It's like yeah. they, it's like the, any actor that showed up was allowed to do whatever language they spoke natively, and then they just dubbed it all in English. Yes. It was so weird. A lot of times, actors didn't understand the, the language that was being spoken to them. So it's it's it just it's all stilted and weird, and it's not not really my thing. All of my movies will be uh, made by Americans. Oh yeah. Um, Dario Argento, I guess the other thing he went on to do was a couple other uh, horror films that were part of a trilogy, the Mother of Tears trilogy or something like that. And there's like Mother of Tears, I think, is one of the films. And then there's another one called Inferno. And then three of them are like the three witch stories um, that apparently like Luca. Ah. M- Whoa. 
Uh, that was a little scary, huh? Yeah, this is uh, jump Luca, scare. Luca uh, Gudagino may be doing the who knows? It seems like he referenced it in the um, in the remake. Uh, but yeah, Suspiria was a, a fucking awesome movie. Highly recommend it. And it's um, one of my 70s you? horror films. All right. Suspiria is a movie with a pretty strong uh, cult following. A lot of like I know people who are into weird Italian horror and they love Suspiria. Uh, for me, I, it's. I need something grounded and I need, I need rules. Rules are a big, uh, big deal to me. Uh, and, uh, that will, that will factor into my movie. But if we're ready for, uh, my number, number five. Uh, actually one more thing I just want to mention about, I guess just on the topic. Um, okay. so yeah, you mentioned Dario Argento and, uh, George, uh, Romero working together. Uh, yeah, they collaborated a little bit on what was it? Zombie. Is that right? Yes, zomb- I, I, I'll get this wrong if I try to remember the, how the zombie works. Zombie is the Italian. No, zombie is just Dawn of the Dead, or at least in Italy. So with, with like a, a different score and a different cut of it. And then Zombie right, and 2 then zombie is an two. original film by Dario Argento made without George A. Romero's direct input. But they were collaborating by like phone calls and texts because it was the 70s. Couldn't Skype together. Uh to, to have it be kind of consistent in tone, but it was, I mean, there, then there's a zombie three that uh, I think Argento left because he was sick or something. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but they, but Dario Argento also helped on the score for Dawn of the dead and they passed back and forth screen plays for other movies. I don't know if, I don't think uh, Romero had anything to do with Suspiria though. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I just looked. It, it wasn't uh, Dario Argento that did uh, Zombie 2. It was Lucio Fioli, but apparently yes. Dario had some help with it. Yes. No, that I'm getting thrown off again. Yes. Dario just worked on Dawn of the Dead or something like that. Okay. Well, anyways, I, I'm actually trying to see the zombie films this year. I'm going to uh, watch Zombie 2 and Zombie 3. Okay. I don't think so. It'll be fun. I'll let you know what they, what they yeah, were as like. Far, as I understand, they're not very good. Zombie two. I has just want to see shark. the shark yeah, scene. The shark two. versus zombie scene is like something that's always like been something I want to watch. Yeah, Lucio Fulci, right? Yeah, that's something that, like that. Yeah. Yes, that's who that that guy that I always combine him with Dario Argento in my head. I never remember who's who. Italians, okay, tell, man. So for the movie's sake, I want you to understand that th- that baby was with that mom. That's the mom, and then right. so that's the, the sister. That's the mother, the grandmother of the baby, right? So we, I'm just trying to set things up so you understand, and then. The, the little kid is the brother and then the older gentleman that's not Ted Levine is the husband and the and I think the girl is the daughter of the mom. So the husband is married into this family. This is all over the place. All right. I think I can follow that. OK. And then there's Ted Levine. All right. So, Felk, what is your number five? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, uh, as a nice parallel to yours, my, my number five is also a culty film. Uh, you might not have seen it. But Red Letter Media did introduce a lot of people to it with their retrospective of it. So perhaps it's gotten some uh, awareness. But I saw this film when I was, uh, we'll say, I think 18 or 19. After I had gotten into Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Living Dead, I wanted to see more movies made by this filmmaker. And I saw Martin. And I'm going with Martin. Uh, Martin is about a kid who may be a vampire, but also may just think he's a vampire. Who goes to live with his uncle, who is obsessed with his family lineage of having vampires and also having to kill those vampires. 
Uh, and it is a very surreal film that really got into it's not really surreal, but it, it's it's it is have that dreamlike quality to it because there's flashbacks uh, that are kind of like interspersed without cutting continuity and stuff. Uh, have you seen Martin? Are you familiar? With no, I have not seen Martin. In fact, I don't even recall RLM talking about it or anything. I think it was a Josh review so that's probably why it's not as I popular saw Josh on the thumbnail and I just did not click <laughs> yeah yeah no uh yeah but uh Martin is it's hard to describe the, the movie without spoiling it so and I think it's it's something that I highly recommend you watch but oh really yeah it is in the 70s it's in I think Pittsburgh because it's Romero uh and you don't exactly know what's going on because there's a there's a kid who, like I said, he he, he believes he's a vampire. But also the mo- like I said that like rules are important to me. Martin is a movie that also goes into the not the mythos of what is or isn't a vampire because it exists in a world in which everyone thinks of vampires are make believe and fake. So other people who are on the outside becoming aware of this story, they kind of have like a, a, a logical reaction to like. Okay, this kid's just mentally ill. And there's nothing in the movie overt that says that it isn't just a mentally ill person killing people the way he does it. It's like so grimy. He like drugs women and like drinks their blood. Uh, Throughout the movie, there's a couple of scenes where he does this. But how old is this kid? Uh, he's supposed to be, I think, 17, but he believes he is like 100 years old. And, And you have flashbacks to his memories from when he's 100 years old. But there's also evidence that maybe he's like not the great great grandfather because he's with his like um, his great nephew. But but the guy is old and he's like the same age as that guy's uh, niece. So you kind of wonder if the actual family stuff is true or if if this is just a kid who's been brainwashed into believing he's uh, this age by this crazy family of which there's only two left him and this old guy who's his quote unquote nephew it's a very confusing movie but it does like like everything that happens in the movie except for the flashbacks is literal and that's what i i think i loved about it was the idea that like it doesn't give you a clear a clear answer as to whether or not it's oh my god actually supernatural shit's happening or if it's just like two people who are mentally ill because they've been brought up in in a world where like the only real evidence that uh this is happening because there's all the other rules of like um you know, crosses and garlic and all that shit. Like the old guy believes and, and Martin doesn't like, he's like, that's all fake. That's all stories. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, but he, he still kills women and drinks their blood. So obviously he believes that he's a, he does believe he's a vampire, but uh, it, it, I don't, like I said, I, I'd have to, exp- to spoil the end and I don't really want to do that on this podcast because it's a movie that still needs to be recommended to people. It's rife for a, like it's so ready for a, a remake, like a, a really well done, you know, off brand David Fincher could make the hell out of this as a, as a remake film, especially in the uh, Me Too era, because there's some weird parallels there uh, with the the sexual nature of how oh, vampires really? work and feed or how the one vampires in this movie works and feeds and, and, and thinks, but it's very like, it's a very slow paced, very deliberate movie. And it's, it's got that seventies weirdness to it that like, you just, you don't get in a lot of other films. Ugh, what year was it again? 70 what? I have to look it up. And you said it was Romero. Yes. It's George A. Romero. It's his follow up to Dawn of the dead. And it's called Martin or Marvin. Martin. <laughs> Martin. Martin. Damn it. Lawrence. I starts Martin George and I got George R. R. Martin. Oh, so this is the little red girl, I think, from Schindler's List. She survived. What? And became immune. Um, 1978. 1978. 
78, nice. Uh, so she's the one that stole out of their car earlier at the gas station, and we thought, you know, oh, look at her. Oh, dude. Okay, so it's like splice a little bit, right? Like, is it, is this makeup effects, or is this Oh, it's got to be CG, makeup in 2006. Or is this like messed up people? It's 2006 makeup. That's the little girl from, oh, you're just saying because she's wearing a red hoodie? I thought it was the yeah. same actress for a second. No, it's not the same girl from Shinner's List. Well, yeah, because she'd be like 20 or 15 or whatever. I mean, that's makeup for showing that. That's disgusting. He's eating that arm or whatever. Okay. All right. So now, see that. Like, what the thing is, is for this film, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, what happened? Okay. okay. You were talking about rules earlier. And it's kind of like a big issue with you, right? In yeah. The way you are going to pick films tonight. It, probably in the way you will enjoy horror, horror films as well. That's kind of. That's why it's like yeah? there's a lot of movies like The Exorcist and The Evil Dead. That were mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know what the consistent rules are. And thus I have trouble with the movie and I just want to like figure out what the consistent rules are or a movie that's all about its rules. Like uh, mm-hmm. it follows where I'm just like, I can find a lot of better solutions to how to deal with this monster than the movie's providing. So yeah, rules are important to me. Yep. Um, so um, I'm not a big stickler for rules. Uh, as long as you don't have anything that completely contradicts, you know, anything you set up previously or any like, you know, physics to your world, you can change physics for your world, for your film. I don't give a fuck how or why, but you just stick with it. Like you just got to stick with it. You can't all of a sudden change something. Um, and if something's supernatural, then of course it gives it a lot of leniency. But for me, I, I just, I want two things from a horror movie. I either want like neon demon levels of like atmosphere. It's a horror movie in my opinion. Oh, it's horror. It's a horror movie, but it's a different kind of horror movie. It's a thriller, too, in a way. Um, but Or I, I want something that like I can put myself in. And I don't even give a shit if they're good movies or bad movies at that point. Yeah. I just I will enjoy them. Okay. I will get into them. And I will and I will have a fun time whether I like the movie or not. Now, this is a movie I would say is an example that I've had in the past where I got into it and it, I did not like the film and still. But, it, you know, it was an enjoyable experience, at least watching it. But it's mostly because for me, it's like I put myself into roles like this and like, how would I yeah. handle this? What, that, what if that, I was this guy on screen right now? Or what if I was Ted Levine? Or what would I do if I was the baby? You know, okay. are you setting up your fourth <laughs> film or are you talking specifically about the Hills of Eyes, this remake? I'm generally in horror films. That's kind of like how I, I like okay. to watch them. I, 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 I watch them as survival tales. Right. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, OK, how would I survive this circumstance? Or in some cases thrive. Well, what upsets me the most is when I won't like a movie. Uh, because of its survival, you know, instincts or lack thereof for the characters is when characters are inanely dumb. Yes. Like in this movie, they have lots of moments where you're like, why would you fucking not you yeah, know, do there's this? A, there's a couple of movies that uh, U-Turn is a movie where I was just like, you have to have these characters be retarded in order for them to take the decisions. And I don't remember what those decisions are, but I just yeah. remember me having a problem with that movie. Which, or, or which number, which number four, which number four? Let's move. Let's let's uh, move on. Sure. Um, <gasps> They're in a crater for a nuclear thing. Bunch of craters, yeah. So um, before we get into number four, uh, I want to get a quick idea because this is the first time we're having like a real discussion on horror films. We've had lots of Halloween episodes, but we never really got into serious discussion of horror movies. No, except for those five hours you did with Dorn. <laughs> uh, yeah, or, or those five hours with Dorn or the, or the 20 hours we've done with Noli about ho- like Halloween. Um, but Felk, your take on jump cuts or not jump cuts, jump scares. Uh, they are they're cheap, but some great movies have them, and you can have one or two if you do it effectively. But you know, a lot of movies, uh, James Wan in particular, abuses them. A lot of people abuse them. 
and like there's like 16 in a movie it's like yeah it's just a cat oh shit well so we're at like four in this movie so far, and I've been drinking each one of them. So if oh, you really? don't have your drink with you, drink four drinks now and get ready. <laughs> yeah. I love a good movie that lends itself to a drinking game. While I was watching uh, Crimson Tide, I looked up and found there is a drinking game to it. Uh, you do a shot of beer. It would have to be beer uh, every time a dog appears on screen and you end up going every through time a, they mention Spanish horses. No, every, that's only like twice in the movie. Uh, every time a dog appears on screen and you end up drinking like eight beers over the course of the movie. Another good one. My personal favorite as a Houstonian is, uh, Apollo 13. Every time they say Houston, you do a yep. uh, shot of beer. And that is also about seven and a half beers. Well, that, that's a lot because the reality is they have to say Houston every time they want to communicate with Houston. Yeah, <laughs> that's so you. Ha- uh, that, that is correct as to why it's that. said so many times in the movie. Yes. Yeah, everyone does that. I mean, like if you're communicating with uh, Japan, you say Tokyo. If, when you're communicating yeah. with Russia, you say Moscow. If you're communicating with uh, China, I think you say. You say Uyghur concentration <laughs> camp. All right. What's your number four, Alex? My number four. Again, my list is so deep, deep, deep that I can't pick a number four. Uh, okay. okay. So originally my number four was going to be. Carrie, okay. um, but it's not Carrie anymore. Um, it's actually a, a movie that I saw since then. So originally I made this list three years ago oh, uh, when shit. we were going to do this episode. But before the since coronavirus, then I've seen other films since since three years ago. I saw Suspiria uh, uh, since then. So I put it as my number five instead of che- Texas Chainsaw there. Massacre. My number four, like I said, was going to be Carrie. But since then, I saw Don't Look Now, 1973, Donald Sutherland. Huh. Holy shit. Never this movie's fucking awesome. It is. There's moments where it's they're, they're speaking Italian. Donald Sutherland's just speaking Italian because he's an architect in, in Italy. And he's just speaking to like other contractors in Italian. And there's no subtitles. And I'm just like, what? They just expect me to fucking follow this. And I'm just I'm trying to follow it as best I can. They have oh, felt really the creepiest ending. The movie's essentially like Suspiria. It's witches, but it's not witches. Oh. Um, it's like hereditary that it's witches, but it's not witches. But but the only thing about it is that, and this is, I don't want to spoil this movie because it's so fucking good. Yeah, don't. Because it's, it's I, I, not I, I'm familiar witches with it. the way you think of witches that I just spoke on on all those different movies. It's it's a, it's a different take. It's also dealing massively with with loss in the family, with death in the family. Um, it's about the opening scene is two parents hanging out inside their house in England and their daughter running around uh, outside the house playing in, in the, around a pond. And eventually some water spills on a photo that the father, Donald Sutherland, is looking at and it's developing or whatever. And it kind of, or it's like a Polaroid oh, the movie or something. That. It's a photo, but it starts getting water on it and it starts to ruin the red little jacket the girl's wearing. And when Donald Sutherland sees that, he has this like feeling that something bad is happening, like it's a bad omen. He gets up, he starts running around outside, and you know, and horribly, his daughter drowned in in the pond. And so he grabs her, and he's just like this whole, like horrific emotional face he has, where he's just crying and he's belting. It's ugly. It's one of those ugly faces where you're just distorting your face because it's like all these fears and and oh. and, and sadness and emotions are hitting you all at once, and this and this guilt and all these things and all this loss. And he does this incredible job of pulling his dead, lifeless daughter's body out of the pond. Ugh. And then the film takes place in Italy. Like the rest of the film takes place in Italy. Oh. And. It's about dealing with the loss of their daughter. I wonder if uh, uh, Shutter Island was homaging that. Well, the one way they could have guaranteed that they were homaging it is that there's something very specific about Don't Look Now. It's one of the few films known to have real 
fucking yeah, sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Donald Sutherland and the actress, I forget her name. Julie they Christie. fucked on camera. Julie Christie. Julie Christie. She's, oh yeah. Julie Christie. She's so beautiful. Yeah, oh no, she's God. very, uh, Dr. Zhivago girl. Yeah. Dude, she is so beautiful and they fuck on camera. Now you don't see penetration, but it is like pelvic bone to pelvic bone to the point where there's an impossibility that the dick is not like slightly inside that vulva, if not completely inside of it. And yeah. they and the rumor is they fucked. They just fucked on camera. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. So yeah, okay. that's my number four. Oh, <laughs> shit. That dude just blew his head off number four. <laughs> oh, my God. That was uh. So wait. That guy lives there with these fucking mutants, right? And he's at the point where he just decided to blow his brains out. He's never gotten to this point ever once before in his whole life living here. Yeah, that, that, he decided that was the time. That was the moment. He hit, he went too far. Dude, Ted Levine, like, honestly deserves to be in every movie. Look at him. He's a great he's actor. So good. He's a, he's, no, he's, he's, he's really a good actor. He works well. He's, he's in Shutter Island. I mean, he's, he's a good, he's in, he's good as an authority figure. Okay, hang on. Quick, quick boner. Uh-oh. I was going to say quick boner, favorite Ted Levine death. Is he dying? Oh, is this the end of Ted Levine? I was going to say heat. Yeah, he's great, in, uh, he's great in heat. I hate when he dies in heat, though. It's so sad. He gets shot in the bank robbery? Yeah. Okay. And it's such like a quick death, too. Oh, Ted like Levine's still alive. He's going to go in the He's still alive, but they fucked him up, right? His skull's cracked and fractured. He probably can't like move anymore. Yeah, this is... Okay, this is like bone tomahawky, felt just so you're clear, it's, but not on that level. No, yeah, I know. Nothing ever is on that level. By the way, a few episodes ago, we aired that audio for you, Cool Boy Nation. I'm curious yeah. what you thought of it. It's felt really the visual that's the, that, that's more disturbing. The audio is not that horrible. No, but when he starts crying and screaming, and then all of a sudden his voice is muffled by intestines on top of his mouth, that's horrible audio. <laughs> no, bone tomahawk's such a fucking good movie, though. I kind of feel like that scene, I, I know what... Craig S. Zoller was thinking was that like if I have this one scene, it'll get that's why people will talk about this movie and then people yep. will watch the movie. It's Patrick Wilson for me. But the movie itself is is it's like it's the dialogue, it's Kurt's performance uh, in a in a in a movie with like so many great actors, uh, you know, uh, Richard Jenkins and and uh, Kurt yep. Russell and uh, uh, Patrick Wilson, Patrick Wilson, you know, all these good names. Fucking Matthew Fox, who I always yeah. thought was a blank slate of wood, gives the standout performance like his character no, is really? the most memorable so? to me. Yeah, I, I thought he was the most memorable performance in that movie. He's so good in that movie. I was like, Matthew Fox is a good actor, I guess. I guess Jack was just a terribly written character. I um, I, I love Matthew Fox in that in that movie. Um, I, I just thought Patrick Wilson was the standout for me in that. He's film. great, too. I love how he has to finish the film for everybody he, he has to end the story and he has to do it hobbled um matthew fox is apparently so fucking good in world war z they cut him out <laughs> <laughs> okay well we're almost halfway through the movie and we haven't we're not even on number four so we should keep going here um so well, we're about to need it felt we're about to hit the big shit in the movie so this whole movie's coming down to a big scene the big action set piece and this is it so the father being taken is the beginning of this set piece we can get into number Four, you're number four, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, but, that's well, you're, gonna, of, you're gonna talk about my number four probably more than I am. Don't look I, now. That's literally all I gotta say about don't look now. Other than you gotta see it. If you haven't seen don't look now, you gotta see it. And if you have not seen Suspiria, 1977, Suspiria, or the remake, gotta see those movies. All right, Felk, what's your number four? My number four is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <gasps> oh my God! Yay! My number five. <laughs> Much better version of what this movie is basically about. 
people uh, yeah except a little ed ed gein ed, right ed gein ed, little, little, very very fucking little i mean ed gein eight people and the family in the texas chainsaw massacre the original version and i guess the the sequel to the remake actually had that dinner scene where you know there's there's cannibalism but outside of that i don't think there's any fucking remote similarities he didn't use a chainsaw um, no, Ed Gein's, I think, is mostly was the fact that Leatherface put le- a, a face on his face. Ed Gein took body parts, apparently, right? And he just, like, made lamps out of them. Yeah, and, he made lampshades. Like, like, what the hell is this? I don't know. Oh, it's the uh, husband. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's Aaron something. It's Pyro. Um, but, yeah, Ed Gein, yeah, he just made he made furniture. Yeah, so. Out of, uh, out of, out of people. But the, yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre basically invented an, an entire genre of, of gore porn. And it's not, it's like the movie itself is not as gory as people fucking think it is. Uh, it often cuts right before the horrific, or right after the horrific thing happens. So it's just like a punch to you. It never quite, like, it, it doesn't do what the Saw movies did, where it's just like they show bodies being ripped apart and stuff, like to, yeah, for, for but weirdos. It's, it's- it is. It's allowing the audience to fill in the blank, right, yes. is what helps make it more gory in some ways. And on top of that, for the time, for the time the film came out, for 1974, you didn't just really release like big films or even have big independent Hollywood horror films. It wasn't Hollywood. It, 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 that it, were like super violent like this. Who is it? Toby Hooper? It's Toby Hooper. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's, Toby Hooper is basically his big movie. He has other movies, obviously, but Poltergeist, Poltergeist might have not actually been directed no too way, much by dude, him. I just, having rewatched Poltergeist, there's, it is all Spielberg. It's all a Spielberg movie. And, and uh, Life Force might have been Toby Hooper, but like realistically, he's known for Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which uh, is, is almost a gremlins 2 esque kind of like reinversion of the movie but it's not as good uh it's, it's not doesn't deserve to be really i like texas chainsaw as my additional sequel to the to the original film only the one with alexandra daddario so hanging one? from rafters or whatever honestly or the, the remake the remake i think it's marcus nispel uh is not terrible and the sequel to the remake which i think is actually a, a the michael whole, bay films yeah the, the, films? the well yeah platinum dune um Platinum Dunes uh, films. Uh, they're not that bad, but you can't do with an R rating what Texas Chainsaw does and, and that end like a uh, fucking family dinner scene. Uh, the fact that like the girl is clearly like, even though she escapes the final girl, she's just going to be disturbed for the rest of her life, basically. Yep. Uh, Isn't her head also fractured or something like that? She's bleeding. She's, like, she's bleeding pretty heavily because she gets hit on the head. Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, exactly. When, when, um, when they're trying to kill her. The the thing about the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that's so different from the Platinum Dunes ones, other than obviously the Platinum Dunes ones are updated to the early aughts yeah. and mid aughts. Same cinematography. Um, it's 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 the fact that when you get into the farmhouse. In the original 1974 film, it feels like a real fucking home. Yes. And when you go to the the, uh, the remakes, the updated ones, right, it feels like you're in a, a, a horror movie set. It's too stylish. You know? Yeah, it's it's too it's too like even though it's the same cinematographer, which I think is interesting. Uh, it's it's too produced. The original way it's shot, it's, it's almost entirely handheld, I believe. Uh, and it's just like you feel like you're just a fly on the wall. You're there. And also the remake yep. giving too much dialogue to early Ermy was weird having him his character doesn't quite feel right uh it feels like he's doing his character he's feels like he's doing his interpretation of uh 
John Doe from Seven, because as I recall, oh, he, yeah. he was their cheap option if if their negotiations with Kevin Spacey, who was at the time a somewhat unknown but rising actor, uh, fell out. Uh, Fincher talks about this in the commentary that like the reason why he's in the movie is because he he really liked his performance in Gnarly Army. Really wanted to do. He's like a cop. He's a cop in the movie. He's not like, he, but he really wanted to do like his like drill sergeant take on this religious killer. And he thought it was really haunting and interesting, but they, they still went with Kevin Spacey because Kevin Spacey is just such a good guy. He's just such a, he's, he's such, such a, a wonderful, he's such man. a wonderful person. You want to work with him. He is great as John Doe. He's fucking great. In that. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing performance and a bold thing, but it's, it's, it's something that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake does, which is in the, in the third act, you you not only give your killer a face because it, it's revealed that Arlie Army is like the dad of the fucking cannibal family. You give him like a, a long scene in the car where he can talk. And uh, oh. that reminded me of Seven a lot. And uh, the original 1974, they're just inbred fucking rednecks who barely, you know, they don't have characters really. <laughs> no, no, no. They're yeah, they're not. They're not. They're they're very uh, simple caricatures, and that's about it. And like, they're not full on characters. They're not at all fully developed. But one of the great things about the 74 one is how it ends. And this movie, I feel like we can spoil a little bit the ending with the woman running away, getting in the back of the pickup truck, and then Leatherface just yeah, freaking just, out in the middle of the fucking well, like road. Actually, she she pulls over one guy, gets in the back of his truck. Leatherface appears, yeah. kills that guy. That's a semi. That's a semi. That's a semi truck. Yeah, and then and then she yeah then the then the regular truck stops and she gets in that. So like she all she almost gets rescued and then the guy gets killed. <gasps> What's happening? Uh. Someone got inside the trailer when the boy went out. The, the youngest son just went out to, or the the son went out to walk around with the gun just because he heard something, because mm. he heard noises outside. And all of a sudden, some creepy hand is touching the lost daughter's face, Amelie, at the ravine or Emily. Charlie! Charlie! Oh, shit. Oh, that is not a friendly face. That's makeup. That's not a person. That's so mean of you to say that's not a friendly face. He was smiling. Uh, okay. Well, dude, it, since it was, let's just watch this for a second. I think. Okay. We're, we're gonna. We're we're not gonna complete. By the oh end of God. it, he's running away. He heard some fucking weird shit in the, in the shadows, and this is creepy as fuck, Felk. Oh my God, I go to sleep every night worried about this. <laughs> about mutant cannibals. Yeah. So when I was in college, this actually happened to a friend of mine. Um, mutant cannibal stuck into his fucking RV. <laughs> she woke up someone in her bed at home, like getting in her bed. And then when she ran down the stairs. She, as she went out the front door, she looked back up the stairs and she saw a, a, a body at the top of the stairs, just a shadow, freaked her the fuck out. And then some other friends of ours in college had, um, they had a, a place out on by a river and uh, they ended up like, you know, moving out when college was done and these new students moved in. And when these new move students, new, new students moved in, it was a bunch of girls. Well, my friends were a bunch of guys and a few girls that lived there at the time. But this was a whole bunch of girls. One night, one of the girls said she woke up to a homeless dude who's probably from the river, came up and started jerking off in front of her face. Fucking crazy. So ever since those moments and I've seen this movie, I've always like, ah, fuck that. I don't want to wake up to some fucking person jerking off to me. Well, Lock your door, man. This is like, you know, like someone cool. Sleep with a gun. You. Get, have a gun near you. I always got guns next to me. Okay. Uh-oh. See, but she doesn't have her gun next to her right now. No one knows they're in here. What, he's using fucking remote controls? Oh, shit, they just lit Ted Levine on fire. Jesus, this movie's a little over the top. 
Yeah. Right. So they they burn him. This is so fucked up. They just sit there and they have to watch their dad light on fire. But in the process, they're all running over there, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, this dude is fucking raping her in there, and no one knows. Is he raping her? Well, he's going to probably. Like, what is what is I the mean, goal like, here? He's, he's just co- he's just covering her mouth. Oh shit! Here comes person number two to go this in. This guy's there from fucking Waterworld. Dude, they're just gonna be raping around. It's one of the smokers from Waterworld. And he's dying. Yeah, they are the like smokers. <laughs> and fucking Ted Levine is dying. <laughs> Real life. These smokers. guys don't seem to have a goal. He's this guy's putting on. He's playing dress up. Dude, they're fucking mutants, dude. But, but, dude, but, but they also cr- understand how to use like set up like a lot of elaborate traps and fucking uh, remote controls. But they're just like very confused and putting on clothes and drinking milk. Oh, is yeah. he a bird? I think so. Yeah, dude, this Ted Levine shit is pretty intense. Well, it's see, it, that's CG fire. Ew, his eyes turned white. Yeah. You see that shit? Yeah. CG. Oh, dude, that's so horrible. Oh my god. Watching people strung up and being attacked is so horrible. As a kid, I hated the idea of being burned alive like that. And then it wasn't until later in life. Oh, <laughs> you realize being burned alive is not that bad? <laughs> what do you yeah, mean? No, no. That, well, yeah, apparently it, it sucks the oxygen out of you and like you just die easier. But uh, it's the one where like you've seen like Last of Us or you see in like Outlaw King or whatever, like gutting people. Oh, with Drew Barrymore gets and Scream. That, when I saw that in Scream... I was like, fuck this, dude. Getting gutted, getting hung from a tree and gutted. Fuck that. What's your number three? We got we gotta keep this ball rolling there. No way, Ted Levine is burning to death. Not, I can't talk about number three right now. Yeah, you need to. Dude, this is so fucked up. This guy's watching this guy raping this girl. See, he's trying to rape her. He's doing it wrong. Well, now they're fighting amongst each other. They're inbred mutants. They have no fucking like the command structure. This is a mess. Oh my god. Their leadership is a mess. They need to be good. That guy really... looks like Sloth from, from Goonies. But he's good. Sloth's not bad. He's just misunderstood. Oh, what's your number oh, three? So <laughs> but it's a good move, right? To distract everybody from the He's hitting with a pillow. What is this? He's having fun. This guy's wrecking the fucking room like Tommy was so. If they were making this much noise in a trailer, I mean, I guess you'd have to be pretty Ooh. far away and like too much fire in the area to. Oh, he just knocked her out. Oh, dude. What the fuck? He just killed another. They're killing birds. Oh, he's upset because he can't get to raper. This is so fucked up. This is so weird. Oh, I hate this. Is this. So, this is really unusual. This is why you don't leave someone behind. No. This is why you don't leave one man behind or one woman behind. This is why, you don't, this behind. Is why you don't fucking drive to Vegas, man. You, you, you're lost in the middle of nowhere. This <laughs> is the party. What happens to the party? Oh, no. Here's the baby. That's not fucking cool. I forget what happens to the baby. I don't remember. Is she being raped? Oh, yeah. It's happening. Is he going to fuck or eat the baby? I mean, what, what is what is what is the bar here? What, what, what is the fucking... Dude, how are they burning this Ted Levine? Like, what's going on here? How, 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 how I mean, this is an R-rated movie. No, no, it's not. This is the unrated version. There's no yeah, limits. Unrated, baby. Anything can happen. I don't like that. Oh, she can hear the baby crying. Oh, no. I'm going to put this That's on my right. smaller monitor. I don't want to see this. I don't, That's I don't wanna... right. Okay. Now the older sister comes back and she sees the freak holding her baby. Yeah, he's not going to eat the baby live. No, he's going to fucking... 
do something else or something to her, the mom now. So he's really. Has a <gasps> Why negative would you do that? Uh, he's holding the baby. You can drop the baby. The baby's so soft. A lot of good people have been born with hair lips. I feel like this movie's giving a really negative stereotype to hair lip people. This the hair lip people. Yeah, that's what everyone's getting. Oh from shit! I mean, I knew something fucked up was gonna happen to the baby. Wow! See, he, he's aiming the gun at the baby. I mean, these people to see dentists in therapy. Dude, there's no therapy to cure this. No, a mutant being mutant. No, this this the therapy this person needs is a shotgun to the back of the head. Valor, what's your number three? <laughs> oh my god, this seems so fucked up. I can't talk about number three when I'm like watching a then baby. I'm gonna do my number three because otherwise we're gonna be going on for another fucking thirty um, minutes to an hour after this movie ends with our fucking oh, top okay, five list. Okay, my number three is your number three. You don't All know right. what number three is. My number three is. Oh Jesus Christ! He's taking her clothes off. Guess, oh God! He's kissing her, her sweet titty. Really raping. Oh my god, he wants to be the baby. He's drinking the milk from her titty. That's is that disgusting. what's happening? I knew something. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, I don't remember if I remember that last time, but now having been a father, now I know what titty sucking looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Yes, he's titty sucking! <laughs> oh no, mom shows up! Oh no, mom! Dead. Wow, that was a big gun. Yeah. Wow. What's your number three, Bill? <laughs> I just don't want to fucking focus on this anymore. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't talk about other horror movies. I want you to watch this horrible horror movie. It's awful. Like, it's, just, it's just gross, awful He's going to shoot her. Uh, 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 oh, no. He rather... stabbed, she stabbed him in the leg with the fucking screwdriver. Gonna he's going to shoot her in the head. She's dead. Oh, no. The mom's dead. No. Oh, two moms. Oh. Wow. That's right. I forgot that both bombs got blown away in that moment. And they took the baby. And now it's just the two boys left. They're gonna, and they're going to kidnap her. Oh, no bullets. They're going to blow her brains out. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That scene. Fuck that scene, dude. I'd be like, fucking, yeah, no, don't fucking waste your shootouts. Chase after them and get closer shots. You, you could hit someone from that distance. Dude, I would be chasing those motherfuckers if they had a baby in their arms right now. I'd be like, fucking chasing. I'd be chasing. But they have the baby gun. with them? Oh, they took the, they took the dead dad burned up. Oh, they're going to eat him because he's all barbecued now. All right, what's your number three, Ballard? Dawn of the Dead. I have it higher. <laughs> 1978's Dawn of the Fucking Dead. I have it Number higher. five out of five boys. This fucking movie is incredible. We'll get into it later because Felk has it higher. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Oh, she's fucking still alive. She got shot in the head. Is she a zombie? Uh, uh, oh, no. It's just like that thing where you're like, you're like barely alive for a second. Just okay. enough to say I love you. I really hope that's real because when I die, I wanted to have that moment where I come back for a second and say I love you, Felk. Yeah, or say, you know, swing away. Swing away. <laughs> swing away, Meryl. <gasps> oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God. <gasps> Meryl. <gasps> swing away. That's why she drinks all that water and leaves all those glasses everywhere. Well, no, that's 
they're unrelated, aren't they? The swig no, away. No, that's why she did it. She put all that water everywhere because it's blessed water, right? Yeah. There are no coincidences. But not really. It's just the aliens are allergic to water, which makes this a terrible planet for them to go to. Right, yeah. with water in the clouds. We have a lot. We have it just in air. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot, clouds. There's water everywhere. <laughs> no, cloud, clouds are actually dust attached to, but with water particles attached. Clouds to them. is water. It's just, it's just, it's just foggy water. Yeah, but like there's, there's water and just regular in the, in, in the air right now. Uh, that's, that's how frozen. Oh, yeah. Ice banner. Humidity. To, yeah, humidity. Are able to humidity, to, to baby. Stuff. Um, oh, dude, it's Voldemort. <laughs> what? It's Voldemort. He's got no nose exactly like Voldemort. It's well, no, but it's done with makeup. Voldemort was digitally erased. Oh, dude, see, this is what gets me, okay? This dog is the fucking hero of the movie, yeah. and everything that goes on with this dog, with the humans, is so fucking dumb. Not not these humans, not the mutants. I mean, like, our, our, our main characters. The way they, they're... Their dog and the way they have a dog is is inane and it's just idiotic. I, the dog would be my number one fucking friend. A gun and a dog, and you're fucking good to go. I keep waiting for Last of Us when I finally get a dog. And apparently, this last one, we almost had a dog. Ellie almost had a dog, and they pulled it last moment. You have a dog. You have a dog when you're uh, uh, Gabby. The like for large stretches of time, you have that dog with you. No, no, no. I mean, like a dog, like having a dog with you, like your companion, like your your dog, your that like, goes with you the whole journey, kind of thing. No, yeah, yeah okay. okay. Uh, my number three is the Omen from nineteen seventy eight. <gasps> yes. So we've talked about this in the past. We yeah, had, you don't uh, like the Omen, uh, apparently. I love you, the Omen. Oh, no, so, well, see, I didn't like it. You talked about it, and then we had a discussion, and then I educated myself, and. My God, it's fucking Richard Donner's first film. Yes, it is. Well, it's his first, yeah, feature film. He directed TV before that, I think. Well, fucking that doesn't count because, like, one of my honorable mentions tonight uh, is is also a director's like you know TV film and it doesn't count. That's why I didn't use it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it. The Omen is 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 fucked up. It's dark. It's twisted. It's Jared Kushner. Everyone says, as Joe Rogan likes to say, and it's it's fucking the weirdest thing ever. Like you see the Omen and. It's just it is the creepiest thing. It it is creepy music, but for me, it's just a lot of it falls flat because like it's just classic nineteen seventies child acting. Like child actors in the nineteen seventies all did that. I don't think I don't know his name. The kid who plays Damien, I don't think he's particularly good. He's basically just blank stares. Gregory Peck is great. Gregory Peck is great. Um, Honestly, I like like there's a remake of this as well, and it's almost shot for shot. It's the only watchable movie by John Moore because it's just him ripping off shot for shot, scene for scene. uh, Richard Donner's directing. Wait, wait, wait. Is it as scene for scene, shot for shot as, Almost. Um, as Psycho? As Gus Van Sant's Psycho? Almost. And in the same, same situation, they just credit the original screenwriter because they just use the original screenplay. Um, they can buy like one scene because it's uh, it's uh, Leif, Leif Schreiber, I believe. Yeah, it's Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber, Liev, sorry. Um, like one scene is combined with another scene because he doesn't need to go to a payphone like the Gregory Peck character did. He just pulls out a cell phone. Uh, but other than that, it's like it's scene for scene the same movie. But uh, the performances in it are are better across the board uh, just because those are all good actors. I think Julia Stiles is the is the wife and and uh, uh, Pete Postlewaite is the priest and David Thewlis is the photographer. I don't know the names of any of the actors outside of Gregory Peck from the original. I just remember, yeah. and honestly, I saw the remake before I saw the original. Loved the, really, really liked the remake. I thought like this is a really 
good remake. I wonder how good the original is. Watch the original. I'm like, it's the same fucking movie. It's like scene for mm-hmm. scene, shot for shot, slow-mo for slow-mo. Um, and, and I was like, oh, that's that's why it was good. Just they, they had access to slightly higher caliber of actors and weirdly shoehorned 9-11 into the beginning. But yeah, you, you can you can basically talk about the movies almost simultaneously because they're the same movie. But uh, the, the kid actors are a little creepier in, in the remake. The, the, first, the In the original, he's kind of... He's, he's just a 1970s kid actor. This is a 1970s kid actor. And, yeah. and it's all the... Uh, it's the cinematography, the dog, the fucking uh, caretaker, all that stuff around him that, that really sells the scariness it, it's and the, the crash zooms also on the little boy at times and stuff like that and then and the sound effects and the music and the psychology of, of this like at a kid's birthday party a fucking right. woman hanging herself and it's just like that might have happened in the real world with like Damien. mental Ill- it's like that could be mental illness like oh uh, for sure and yeah i'm like i know i say the rules are really important and the, the omen's the only one where the rules are kind of vague because um it basically introduced it created the concept of uh the final destination kill basically the uh weird circumstances happen to kill somebody but there are consistent rules and when those things happen it's basically as soon as somebody gets to the point where they're able to stop damien like the photographer dies, we get his head cut off uh, just when he has the, the the proof. Like that's when if circumstances can kill that person, they do. So uh, the idea that like you can't you're, you're fighting sort of an invisible enemy. And the only way to defeat it is to basically murder a child, yeah. uh, which is a bad thing to do. But it's the devil. So it's like it, that that idea gets it, it fucks with your head. How you have uh how you have a dad with an adopted son who knows the son's adopted and the wife doesn't because the baby died after childbirth and he swapped it, uh, have to gradually realize that not only is your son, the devil or the antichrist, the son of the devil, basically antichrist. Yeah. His his mother was a jackal. Um, (laughs) he, he is the person who has to stab it with a fucking knife. And of course he's good. So he fails to do his task. He fails. He fails to do it, and, and the kid becomes the uh, adopted son of the Jared pres- Kushner of the, of the president of the United States. Well, no, Jared Kushner married the daughter of the president. He didn't he get adopted by the president as a child. I, oh my god! I guarantee you, Trump has had the conversation with Jared. He goes, "Jared, you're like a son to me. You're the best. You're so you're so impressive. You're so huge." Like I, also, I'm Jared sure Kushner's a Jewish, and and the omen is clearly Christianity. Because the Jew- Jews don't really have the devil as a uh, character, Except do Jews they? are the original Christians. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. But also Jared Kushner wasn't, well, his mother wasn't a jackal. Jesus uh, was a Jew. Is he, he, well, yeah, but Jared Kushner's not the Antichrist. <laughs> well, right now, what we need is a bunch of Christ's powers. We need Lord and Savior and Jesus' healing powers right now on Donald J. Trump, the J stands for Jesus, and oh, you said not to mention <laughs> it. Now you're mentioning it. Uh, that, that Donald Trump has and COVID I'm making right light now. of it, which is what I said beforehand. Don't do. do. <laughs> and Jared Kushner just fucking negotiated peace in the Middle East. He's doing a very yeah. good job of being the Antichrist. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, that's a bad job. <laughs> Omen, Omen is is good. It, I think what the Omen does better for the remake is just like you said, it's it's the child actors better for the remake. I think that's the only thing honestly better about the remake. Mia Farrow um, uh, has a good performance as well. Uh, the thing I like, I really like about the original is the music and the way they they play right. with the shitty acting of the child. But 
it's something about the way 1970s films are filmed that like <laughs> all stunts That's happening, awesome. no matter how simple they are, feel violent. And so when a woman fucking jumps off a fucking balcony and screams, Damien, it's all for you, and then kills herself, you think to yourself, did they just kill someone? Because it feels really no, real. No, yeah, Richard Donner murdered a woman to make that movie. Was it a coincidence or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Yeah. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. But today, you watch those scenes and they'd be like, hella CGI. <laughs> like, well, the remake didn't, though. The, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like The remake feel like it, it just made the movie again, and it didn't add any stupid CGI and stuff. When it, when it didn't well, to. when was the remake? I think it was just right before on the cusp of like CGI being used in horror films. It was 06. It was 06. Same year as this, this Hills of Have Eyes. Well, I think um, one of the things that's really good right now is that uh, Bloomhouse, I think, has been doing a good job of maintaining that uh, independent, like, you know, low budget <laughs> horror films. Yeah. Bloomhouse never makes a movie more than five million dollars. And, and as a result, they're able to they're able to make a lot of movies. I love that. I love Bloomhouse. Honestly, when I see Bloomhouse, Annapurna, or um, A24, I get so excited. No, Bloomhouse has made a lot of garbage. And they there's a half the bag or, or one of Red Letter Media's seven shows ab- I love ab- that. about Bloomhouse's dumping yes. ground, which is Hulu. Uh, yes. where, where like basically they you know they, they just kind of throw five million dollars at like a hundred projects and maybe one of them ends up being get out and they give that theatrical distribution and a marketing campaign and then a lot of them they just like puka they just fucking throw on uh, hulu and let you know the hulu people never watch it mm-hmm. yeah i i keep saying yes like i know exactly what you're saying um, but like I barely know what you're saying. I do know what you it's, mean by it, it, Red Letter it's, it's a category on yes. Hulu called Hulu. Uh, like Bloom Shutter. House. No, it's called Bloom House. It's not a, no, Shutter's its own channel, which has other content. This is a thing on uh, Hulu that's a channel called Bloom House Party or Bloom House Party. Uh, and it's like all the fucking trash that Bloom House like made, saw wasn't good, and just threw into this multi picture deal with with blue mouse with uh, mm-hmm. Hulu, i mean so uh they have a lot of garbage uh but the, occasionally they wind up with their fucking well the mid- theatrical releases are fairly good usually yeah. i mean there are things like truth or dare which is garbage bloomhouse is truth or dare that is a garbage movie it's not a good movie That's theatrical but release, I, in general bloomhouse makes some good shit honestly the hunt was awesome i liked the hunt i thought it was fun. i like the hunt as well uh we can talk about the hunt some some other time perhaps but because uh, now it's time for your number two Oh, okay. number two. Fuck, what do I do with number twos? Usually I flush my bowels and prepare for a giant dick to come in my asshole. So well, that's not for horror movies. That was for when we were fucking men. Holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah, it actually has no application here for 1970s horror films. My number two is a movie you mentioned earlier that you don't give a shit about, that you don't like so much because no. its rules fucking suck, according to you. Yep. That's The Exorcist, 1973. Yep. Um, I love The Exorcist. Um, I love the fact that uh, William freaking uh, yanked down one of his actresses so hard she may have broken a spinal uh, uh, column or, or whatever vertebrae or some shit. Because she he dislocated down. a vertebrae, had a protruding vertebrae. She basically what Batman has in The Dark Knight Rises. It was, it like, it was Ellen Bernstein, right? It was Ellen Bernstein who was in that movie Ellen and like, uh, Linda Blair. Ellen Burstyn. 
Yeah, that- and Linda Blair, by the way, oh my god, when she started posing for like Playboy and shit, she is so fucking hot. Let's Holy look up shit. Linda Blair nude. Linda Blair nudes are the best. She got really nude. Apparently, Linda Blair is like one of those chicks that got like did nudes because she loved drugs too and drinking. And when you she know a girl who loves drugs, drinking, and doing nudes, you know you got a good time. Linda Blair sounds like a great time. She also sounds like she would have done a lot of black draw. She sounds like she would have done a lot of Maitland Ward style shit <laughs> if, if she was living today. Who trouble finding her pussy? I don't think she showed her pussy. Oh, she showed she showed her bush, not her pussy, but she showed her bush for sure. Bush is fine in movies, maybe. Uh, no, no, like Playboy stuff. And oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, she did a lot of shoots. Um, in and a pool, showed, or she see, did one big I, pictorial in a you pool. Kinda, you can kind of see pussy through through the through the bush. Oh yeah, that's that's fucking pussy. That's for sure, pussy. Linda Blair pussy. So The Exorcist is a great movie, though. It really is a great movie, and it's fucking super sad. I mean, it's this priest, like, trying to, like, kind of come to terms with himself and his life. And his arc is about essentially giving himself up for his faith to prove that he has faith, that he's a true man of faith. And he sacrifices himself to stop the demon and by by taking the demon into him and then killing himself, jumping through the fucking window. Every time I see that window and I see him hit those stairs, my God, I get fucking phantom pains. Those stairs look so violent in the whole movie over and over and over and over again. Those stairs, those stairs, those stairs are in like every single fucking external shot. Like any kind of setup shot of like, hey, locator, we're here at the home. It's like stairs are usually in the shot. And like, it's great setup those stairs and just like um joker those stairs were actually celebrities yeah um joker apparently the stairs in brooklyn or whatever the fuck they were they're not Queens, a good neighborhood York. apparently so everybody like hates the fact that people come there to take photos on those stairs well people did the same shit with the exorcist they went to those stairs in washington dc they found them and they fucking posed on them took photos of them on, uh, on there because it's you know father may i uh father may i also is the best thing ever about the exorcist the repossessed character leslie nielsen plays and 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 repossessed has linda blair in it yeah I'm and familiar. she's like it's older not, it's and not she's a good a mom. movie it's, it, it's not funny i it's fucking hilarious i love it and linda blair's very sexy and it. it's where i fucking started realizing i should start sending uh in my twitter feeds not my twitter in my google feeds uh, searches like Linda Blair nude. I started I doing it because of Repossessed. What is this? What? The Who's device? he carrying? Who's he carrying? I don't know. This guy's got a neck brace. He's got a neck problem. He's carrying some dead body. I'm not really following the movie anymore. Honestly, felt that scene you saw was the whole movie. Um, that, that scene in which the dad dies and, and the mom dies and then the other mom dies yeah. and the baby's taken that that's the whole fucking movie boils down to that one scene oh, so um, we're, we're past the exciting stuff we've got 30 minutes left no the, I mean now the, now the movie's a bunch of dumb mistakes by the fucking dad and the brother in which you'd be like you have a dog you have a jump on this dude why would you not get him they you had have a, gun a gun earlier to shoot this guy there's plenty of times now from here on out where you'll go, why couldn't you kill that guy? You had the jump on him or why couldn't you fucking use your dog? See, the dog will multiple times as you'll be watching felt will run after one of these mutants and attack him. And you'll see the main characters, these one of these two boys, you'll see them fucking turn around and run the other direction. It's like, no. While the dog is attacking, this is the fucking time you should be jumping on the fucking mutant as well. Yep. And you should be killing the mutant. You should When the dog has got him, you should be getting him too. It's just double team work. Fucking, you know, everybody knows about double team. No, double I'm impact. Sorry, Van Damme. 
and uh, Van Dam. That's double impact or double du- double impact is Van Dam and Dennis Rodman, or is that, that double is, team? That's, that, that's double team. Double, double impact, impact is, is two Van Dam, is two Van Dam, Van Dam yeah. together, right? They're twins. They're twins. I love that movie. Van Dam and Van Dam. They should have had a second film where they were triple triplets, fucking triple team. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's my number two then, right? Yeah, so The Exorcist. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 so yeah, what, what about it rules-wise do you not like about it? There are no rules. The devil can do anything at any time. It's, it's, okay. it's I mean, The it's, devil. That's the devil, though. Yeah, but then the devil should just win. Like, why does like what is the devil? What is the devil's end goal? He's it's not the devil. It's a devil, right? It's a, it's a yeah. It's not the de- it's it's a demon. It's 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 uh it's Paiu or something like that. I forget his name. Okay, this bald lady's fucking this this fucking chick who looks like she's Antifa is watching divorce court and uh brushing a mannequin's head. Mm-hmm. Uh oh oh so that's why Aaron Sanford's sticking around to fucking get the uh. Pazuzu. Get the baby. Pazuzu's in the fucking other one, though. Isn't she in the... No, no. Pazuzu's the demon throughout the whole thing. Okay. In fact, that's the whole thing. Like, like, William Freakin went back in and added Pazuzu imagery throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that was... So, yeah, I saw The Exorcist uh, for its, what, 30th anniversary when it was released in theaters. I would have been in, in high school. And uh, I saw it, and the audience just laughed at it throughout the entire movie. And I laughed along with them because I was just like, this movie is kind of stupid. This little girl's supposed to be a devil. Shooter. That's why I like the omen. (laughs) That's why I like the omen. It's like, this kid's the devil. What do we do? We fucking kill the kid. That's like, that's, that's how we get rid of the devil. That's how we save the world. Uh, and, and also because I went to Catholic high school. So I knew priests who were like, flawed human beings and like right. but also I, I had access like to their theology and they're just like yeah man exorcisms like the catholic church has like a department for that but it's not <laughs> it's not really a thing it's not really like so that sounds like someone trying to hide a thing that's the Je- no it's the jesuits don't look at this it's, department that's just for that one thing it's the jesuits it's, it's not really a thing <laughs> it's, it's more of a tradition it's like midnight mass basically uh it's and and generally speaking it's like yeah we have priests and they, they might come in and do a ceremony but they also like they bring in psychiatrists with like antipsychotics drugs and stuff like it's it's not they're they're just it's it was too mad much magic and seeing the movie um it's the thing that I just kept fucking thinking was, so leave, get walk outside, hail a cab, and go. You're not Wait, the you fucking mean leave, leave your daughter behind. No, the priests. <laughs> and, oh, the priests. And, and, oh, okay. And everyone yeah, else. So the, okay. And everyone That's else what involved. I like about the movie and, though. And, the movie's about the mom, really, and, and like the way I've read it, the movie's about the mom more, not the, really the priest. Like having rewatched it, I was kind of like, "Holy shit!" The movie seems to be more about this mom and her struggles with like her daughter and mental illness and like not knowing what to do. And of course, it's not mental illness in the end, it's possession. But like, it, it it is one of those things where you watch it, and you're just like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like, like this this is a horrible circumstances for this mom. She is like so stressed out. She's out of, out of her mind, blown out of stress. Like she can't handle her shit. She's tried every option. She doesn't have any options. Oh, and Ellen Burstein <laughs> portrays it so fucking well. But then Max von Sydow and his like father Marin, like he like he is he's he's just one of those moments where you're just like, "Fuck me, dude!" Like you're like so good, but you're not the main character of this film. You're just like, you know, this like conduit so I can meet this other priest character. Yeah. And then this other guy, Father uh, Karras, like he like 
like he's the guy that like jumps out the window and like he's the guy that like you're like supposed to be kind of like seeing like his arc throughout the whole movie but i always get back to ellen bernstein's character and i'm just like fuck dude like the reality she goes through for the first like hour of the movie of just going through science and doctors and like shit like that just to like be able to figure out what's going on with her daughter like that's so real that's what parents do when they have a kid with like severe mental illness. They just go to doctors and they and they scream and they cry and they don't know what the hell to do and they stress out. They put, and they, they put, and they they put jewels in that mental institution because she wanted to be a girl. <laughs> they did. Well, yeah, that's so weird, too. Like there needs to be more development. I feel like on that. That was such a quick thing that was blown through in Euphoria. Yeah, well, she didn't. Have, she wasn't possessed by a demon. No, she was not. Not possessed by a demon. That's not what made her. That's not what transgenderism is. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, it's just like Ellen Bernstein's character is like such a stronger character, I think, in that film, even though the the Dr. uh, Karras is like, you know, a strong character as well. And Dr. Marin, sorry, Father Karras is a strong character and Father Marin as well. But, uh, yeah, Linda Blair is like. I mean, she really, I mean, she's the fucking Michael Jordan of that, right? I mean, she's, yeah. she just came out of that movie and everyone cared about her. Like, it was about Linda Blair, Linda Blair, Linda Blair. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I never, I just didn't get the appeal because. Are I, you kidding me? You're sending me these photos of her next to a pool and in a pool and you don't get the appeal of Linda Blair? This is adult Linda Blair, I just want to be clear. Linda, yeah, yeah, adult Linda Blair. <laughs> uh, yes. in, her, in her nude Playboy and penthouse pictorials. Uh, I know. I, I I don't. Looking at her in her adult prime, yeah, adult she, prime. She's like a seven at best, but realistically, like an LA five. Oh my god, how dare you! I so when I saw her in Repossessed, I actually thought she was hot finally for the first time, and like I was like, holy shit! Like this woman is gorgeous, and looking her up and seeing her nudes, it's like fuck, her titties are on point, and her body's slamming, dude. She has decent tits at best, but she also has that stomach where, like, even though she has like like big C's, she you can tell she's got a gut. What's not revealed in any of these photos? And, and I'm stomach. looking online right now. Any fucking photo. I don't care. Clear. I don't care. No, there's something going on with the gut. Uh, Here's what I love about Linda Blair, though. She's got the best smile. Like, look at her. She's so happy. She's so happy to be there naked in front of you. She's so happy. Um. So, uh, Exorcist. Yeah. So that's my number. Uh, my number two. Felk. What is your number two? My number two, well, you know, you should, you, I mean, you know me well enough that you should probably be able to guess my number two, my, my two and one with the caveat that I don't really consider Jaws a horror movie. Otherwise it would obviously be number one. Uh, but Jaws is too much of an adventure movie. But my number uh, two horror film uh, is the best rules. Dude, this guy looks straight out of the Chris Cunningham video, right? I hate, I hate that video for fucking uh, FX ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, this guy's all like in his wheelchair with his big old brain hanging behind. His head's all behind the wheelchair and all that shit. All gross. Is that Tim Blake Nelson? <laughs> no, Tim Blake Nelson would not have put himself into the small role like that. Maybe he did. I don't think so. Uh, my number two is the best rules in all of horror film. Rules that were, I mean, it's a sequel. So technically the rules were in the previous movie, but that, that movie, uh, it this movie changes the rules because in that film it gives an explanation for what's going on that there's a fucking uh, satellite coming from radiation and stuff this film does not explain what's going on or why it's going on rather but it just makes very fucking clear what the rules are destroy the brain that as long as the brain's intact 
You mm-hmm. come back as a zombie. These rules uh, would See the exi- dogs attacking the would, dude. This is when you should be killing him too. These rules are so important. I'm trying. I'm stalling to remember. Ro- Robert Kirkman would use these rules yep. decades later, and I'd have people say, "Oh no, no! What's brilliant about The Walking Dead is it's not bites. You see, anybody gets fucking killed, even if it's by a gunshot. They yeah. come back." <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, that was the rules for all the Romero films. And in fact, it's in the land of the dead when a character hangs himself and becomes a zombie that for the theatrical version, the studio made Romero cut out that scene because it was the only scene where somebody didn't come back from being from uh, being bitten or killed by a zombie. And everybody thought that was the rules because of fucking fucking Zacky Zack Snyder and James Gunn uh, with bites for the remake. But my my number two is, of course, Dawn of the Dead. And also Danny Boyle's Infected also applied here. Yeah, then those were another muddled fucking rules because the whole thing with 28 Days Later is they're not zombies. They're not dead. They're just basically it's it's a biologically engineered. It's a biologically uh, variant of rabies. Rabies. Yeah. And then the second film, uh, 28 weeks later, comes out and you've got fucking... Uh, infected missing like chunks of them or missing arms like they would be dead from that but that director maybe thought they were zombies so was said fuck it uh so but no dawn of the dead is 110 consistent with its rules and it i i had never i had no concept of zombies outside of having seen the uh, night of living dead of course but dawn brought it into the suburbs it brought it into a mall place i knew place i understood i love malls my my youth was was malls and then i had this movie about like surviving in a mall basically doing the fantasy that i thought about like being trapped in the mall at night and you can fucking go in all the stores and take all the money and take all the watches and have fun and and a lot of people are thrown off i can tell you that in the i wasn't even watching yeah, I chopped off his fingers. Uh, that's a common thing uh, in, in horror movies. Uh, I can tell you that in the 80s in Texas, yes, there were gun stores and malls. So, uh, I mean, not anymore. And never probably in California. But uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead is, is, I mean, we're talking just pure horror, not maybe sci-fi horror. Um, it is my favorite horror movie of all time. And it is the most important, I think, horror movie in terms of a stab- It is. It created, George Romero created a lexicon, new horror, you know, zombies, werewolves, mummies. Those are all hundred year old things people used to actually believe in, namely gypsies <laughs> uh, and, and Egyptians mm-hmm. and stuff. But, but zombies, like before Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, zombie meant like a voodoo thing where a person can bring back like one individual through voodoo magic and, the, and like like the movie like White Zombie. But that's not even about zombies coming back from life or from death. That's literally about just brainwashing like, a woman yeah. do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, brainwashing basically. Yes, brainwashing, I mean, brainwashed yeah. zombie. He created this concept. And Bella of course, Lugosi. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody says zombies in Night of the Living Dead. The lines first used in Dawn of the Dead were the uh, the. Uh, SWAT guy says there'll be going to be a million, a thousand zombies coming in here. Um, he can be the first of them as zombies. Dawn of the Dead's perfect. I mean, it's it's not perfect as a movie, obviously. It's it's messy and made by kind of an amateur, but who made, made the film in uh, editing. But in terms of creating a new monster, oh! he did it. He's killed. He just killed the big brute. Um, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. 
Tom Savini uh, is an incredible makeup artist. He gets the shine yeah. in, in his independent. He ways invented in, shit in that's that being film. used right here in this movie right now. Yep. Um, uh, him and uh, and uh, who's the Nick guy that's in Walking Dead? I forget his name. Fuck Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. Yes, Nicotero. Right. So Greg Nicotero. Who, who founded so he, KYFX. Him and Tom Savini are essentially like grew up on zombie makeup and like making their names in horror films. Yeah. Um, but Tom Savini, what, one of the things I love what he did with the Dawn of the Dead uh, movie is that the blood in Dawn of the Dead isn't really blood that's like translucent yeah like blood. It's that's like that's a flaw in my paint. opinion with the movie. it's red paint it's like really intense bright paint color. very bright and, very and martin bright, uses the great. same same type of blood where it's it's that translucent or, or sorry not translucent um almost a uh, neon it's almost it's almost like a it is very vibrant red and and, yeah. and weirdly when day of the dead is such a more grisly film because it, it goes to real looking blood after that for some reason yes makes so choice. day of the okay so for me um night of the living dead which obviously cool boy nation if you're a fan of night of the living dead you've heard already sound bites of night of the living dead in our show theme yeah. because literally our show themes have fucking Night of the Living Dead sound bites in them. I love it so fucking much. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Because it's public domain. But, uh, and it's also public domain, yeah. But um, uh, Dawn of the Dead is fucking, like, Night of the Living Dead for me is five out of five boys. Dawn of the Dead is six out of five boys for me. It's yep. just like, it is that extra step. It really is. It, it's taking it to the next level. It's it's color. But it's it's these these zombies aren't as... As, as tame as they are in Night of the Living Dead. They're not as livestocky and manageable as they are in Night of the Living Dead. They're much more aggressive, but they are still zombies in the sense that they just, they populate. They just populate a space. And one of the things about Dawn of the Dead is it gives you color. And like I said, but the color that it gives you is not only in like this weird blood color. Well, it's three strip technicolor. So it's very 70s. But the zombies faces, the actors, the, the extras, are all painted like gray and green and blue. And it's so weird because it's supposed to be like skin getting old. And it's like, unlike any zombie makeup you've ever seen after it. Zombie makeup today is all about, as you said with 28 Weeks Later, how much chunks of the body can we get removed? How much can we make it look like they are, they're, they're, they're decaying and they're decrepit? Yeah. Well, it's and day. Just day of the Dead is what The Walking Dead is basically doing in terms of its yes. makeup effects. Day of the Dead for me, though, is actually one boy more than Dawn of the Dead. Day of the Dead for me is seven out of five boys. Okay. Day of the Dead is has the music where Dawn of the Dead doesn't have music. Day of the Dead has the music, has the score. No, I like Day the, the score from Dawn of the Dead. Has the thought provoking nature that Dawn of the Dead lacks. When Day of the Dawn of the Dead gets into thought provoking nature of like how do you survive with limited resources in a situation where you where you're surrounded by things that want to kill you. Oh, but Day of the Dead up. is more about like what do you do with lack of intelligence and what do you do with like bonding and what do you do with with if you want to like experiment on intelligence and like and like and develop you know AI essentially in the form of zombies. Day of the Dead also picks it up when it comes to threat when it comes to intensity of thrill and when it comes to makeup the way they did a kill and destroy a few of the actors in that film day of the dead is something that i've almost rarely seen today other than as we mentioned earlier bone tomahawk oh being split in half yeah and this it's just or, the, or your head being ripped in half yeah well that's prosthetic the, the and then you know they do the the ripped in half by having the half of the guy be through the floor dragged and away then, yeah you have the fake bottom half and have that pulled away but it works i mean but yeah, yeah again I, I'm, I'm just picking it um because that movie like 
profoundly affected me. And I, of course, I, I saw it, I believe I was 16 when I saw Dawn of the Dead for the first time. But you nice. first, you saw it after you had read, like, Kirkman stuff and had seen yes. the Snyder remake and all that other stuff. And yep. and it is kind of tough to go. It has that, you know, that John Carter problem where, like, you've seen everything that, rep, that ripped it off. Felk, but that's my superpower, though. I can do that. Yeah. I can actually go backwards in my brain and and disconnect it from everything else and be able to watch something for its own value. You must, because you, uh, a lot of people I show, I've shown the movie to, including Corey, who he, he saw it after the fucking Zack Snyder version. He's like, this is bad in comparison no, see, to the 2004 version. Some of my favorite films I've ever, I've ever seen ever came out before I was ever born. Lawrence of Arabia is one of my all-times yeah. like favorite films ever. And... I was not born when that movie came out. Star Wars, A New Hope, same thing, right? So, like, I can Apocalypse see Now that, for me would be one. Uh, right. So, like, the Apocalypse Now is a beautiful film and with a super just, young, handsome, just, tight little Harrison Ford. Just rewatched it. Martin Sheen is fucking so good in that movie. He's such a good performance. He's great. I love, I love in Hot Shots Part 2 when him and Charlie cross paths on the river. Yeah, Platoon and Apocalypse Now. Somebody once wrote, Hell is the impossibility of reason. That's what this place feels like. Hell. I hate it already, and it's only been a few hours. I'm so tired. We get up at five. At first, I thought they'd handed me the wrong dossier. I couldn't believe they wanted this man dead. Third generation West Point, top of his class, Korea, airborne, about a thousand decorations, etc., etc. I loved you in Wall Street. I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> So anyways, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, we, we can't move on. I mean, every time we talk about Dawn of the Dead, I think we've talked about this and we have to always discuss it. It's it's the fact that the whole fucking movie is literally boiled down and and, and distilled and, into one aspect of consumerism. Yeah, it. It, the commentary on consumerism is honestly the part I like the least uh, of the movie. Uh, I mean, now I just fucking really miss malls, so... Well, so malls for me, you talk about malls as being something very important to use your yeah, childhood. The Galleria. For me, malls became super important to me when I started drinking in high school and going into college because I would walk away from a from a fucking hangover in a mall. Like I go to a mall with a hangover, and by the time I was done with that fucking hangover, yeah. I was be I was already out of the mall. Fucking Spencer's gifts, hot topic. But uh, the thing I I really didn't care too much about consumerism with the Dawn of the Dead um, mall sequences is that. Most of the metaphor lays in the perspective of when you see the zombie extras just walking around the department stores, all zombie-like. That's that's like it, right? Like yeah, that's, that's the whole. There's the metaphor. <laughs> it's a little too heavy-handed. I kind of like the racism metaphor more in Night of the Living Dead. That yeah. metaphor is a lot better. So subtle, though. especially in the way that, you know, the black man actually has power in that house. Yeah. And the way that its powers divvied up is actually like really fucking awesome. It's a really great conversation. It's it's actually uh, very George similar Romero's to the way in the 60s to the racial subtext of Crimson Tide, where you don't you don't focus on it, but you know, it's there. Yeah, you know, it's there. But at the same time, you also understand the the strength in the black or african-american characters and they're and and what they're enduring what they're having to overcome and what they do in the end is actually like good they do like how that is like how that all plays out is because of like these great characters they are but what sucks about night of the living dead is that it's a little bit more accurate to the times than crimson tide crimson tide 
you know, Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman, they go to some trial and they both, you know, it's all good. And then they walk away. It's all good. Yeah. But the end of Night Living Dead, the dude gets shot by cops for fucking saving the day. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, they're not. He's not. He's not shot because they he's like, oh, it's a black right. guy. <laughs> it's, they, they shoot yeah, him because no, they, they see a, a zombie. body moving. They think it's a zombie. They think it's a zombie. Uh, yeah. Would they have still shot him if he was white? Possibly. But that's the subtext part. Based on everything you see in the movie, they would have shot him regardless because they shot motion in the house. They saw motion in yeah. the house. They said shoot at the motion in the house because they assumed everybody in the house was dead. They did not go and check to see if any survivors existed. They started shooting at anything that was moving. So there, there was just a lack of care in the way they were handling everything. But at the same time, fuck, man, zombies. Yeah. It's just one of those moments that when you see them take his body and throw it on the fire and you're like, oh, dude, that's my hero. Yeah, photographs. Yeah, uh, that's fucked up. Oh, he's got, she's got the baby. He's going to shoot her, but he doesn't understand. So everything's boiled down to the dad and the baby and that little Schindler's List red girl. And they're all... Oh, and now it's... So zombie. They're or fighting again. Mutiny. All righty, so yeah, that was your number two. We got about 10 minutes left in Kipcoin credits, so we're, we're good to move on to your number one. T-minus, cool boy, and counting. Three, two, one... Number one. So I have a lot of number ones when it comes to 1970s fucking horror films. Obviously, I do. I, I, there's, there's no way I could have one number one. It was hard for me to have a number five list. I'm going to take out two films immediately out, and I'm going to just quickly say why I'm not going to rate them or okay. put them in this list. Jaws, as you mentioned earlier, is, you called it an adventure film. I definitely call Jaws a B-movie horror film. But Jaws just somehow supersedes the conversation of horror films. It's too good. There's too much to it. it. It's there's too like it's like if it was a horror movie, you'd have a monster who like, can get you, and you have to get away from him. And, and like Jaws yeah. doesn't work in that sense because it's it in the fucking ocean. It's easy. It's easy as fuck to escape. The real danger is the most terrifying thing possible: a bad economy. <laughs> like that's that's the that's well, the way it supersedes horror. Holy shit! Is Jaws poignant to right now? <laughs> if it has ever been, it is absolutely poignant to right now. Yeah. Um. Jaws is we should have hired Quint. We should have hired Quint from the beginning. I've said this many times. I said Jaws is the best 3D film that was never filmed in 3D. When you watch the film, and if you think of it in 3D, yeah. the way that Spielberg uses, uh, you, you know, feel like you're out on the ocean, man. You feel like you're there. All the different planes. It's incredible. Jaws is over and over again incredible. It is scary. It made me not want to swim in the deep end of the pool. Sharks gonna this get you. Is it? That's gonna blow this dude away. Oh, shot in the neck with a shotgun. How does that happen? It was such a specific shot <laughs> in the neck. Really heroic music happening. So I'm guessing there's a, know, a horrible, horrible twist heroic. ending. It's like fanfare. It's, it's like I'm guessing it's, it's, it's gearing up for a twist ending, which the hero loses still. I don't think so. I don't we'll remember. I don't, I, I don't think I, I haven't even seen this movie, honestly. So Jaws, we've talked about it a million times. Jaws is great. Bruce, Bruce the shark is amazing. Yeah. Spielberg having all the issues he's had. Uh, everything about Jaws is great. But I don't want to do jaws as a horror movie yeah. and there's another horror movie i don't want to discuss either that i think you have to call a horror film it's that's my number one but yeah <laughs> oh it is oh yeah, never mind well i don't want to talk about it the other one i want I, that i can't mention um obviously is is play misty for me because that's a clint eastwood film and it's horrible it's from 1971 that's the one that everyone talks about as their number one yeah but nobody talks about it i'm just saying that because i don't want to ruin yours all right yeah, yeah, don't, don't ruin it. <laughs> so my number one yeah 
Well, we're here because we're watching horror movies. We're watching The Hills Have Eyes. We're watching horror movies in October because of the end of the month is Halloween. So there's no better number one in 1970s than 1978's Halloween by John Carpenter. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see that be your number one then. Honestly, um, I don't know what's better when it comes to... Alien, play Misty for me. Uh, John Carpenter, uh, John, Car- John Carpenter, Halloween or um, uh, Jaws. I I don't know what is better. Uh, definitely not play Misty for me. But Halloween is so fucking good. Oh my God, the Schindler's List girl sacrificed herself for all of Jews and to kill that guy. That guy was a representation of Nazis, I think, too. By the way, that's why he had that hair lip. Yeah, because he was supposed to represent the fact that Nazis would never have a hair lip. It also didn't do great when it came to creating a nuclear bomb. Bomb? <laughs> yeah. Well, they just didn't L- get it done luckily, in time. Luckily. <laughs> yeah, luckily. Yeah, they just didn't get it done in time. So, yeah, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. All right, so The Shape, Mike Myers, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's playing, you know, Laurie Strode's, uh, all of the ridiculous franchise growing from it. The fact that there's a Halloween film made by Rob Zombie. There's a Halloween film made by David Gordon Green. And then there's a Halloween film made what by is John the, Carpenter. What is the Gordon Green one called again? Halloween. Okay, well, that's up. Yeah, so there's three. There's actually three films called Halloween. Yeah. There's two films called Halloween Me too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Halloween 1978, it is so fucking good. The opening fucking long take i'm not even sure it's a fucking full take it feels like there might be edits in there but it's it's great it's a great like like atmosphere setup it's a great way to like set your environment up to be like okay you know this is gonna be slow and this is gonna be dark i love the way that the fucking babysitters aren't really even acting like babysitters or are they i mean i was a babysitter i really didn't fucking obey the rules of the house ever so i guess in some ways that's fairly accurate but i guess i wouldn't get naked and just start using someone else's laundry. That's something that they do in the film. Um, I, I really, I just love the fear of not knowing who this guy is. I love the idea that this guy is just pure evil. Mike Myers, I'm speaking of. There's no Dr. indication Loomis. in the original Halloween that he's uh, her, her brother, right? And, and the very first Halloween, there's, no, I think, no implication whatsoever about Mike Myers in any connection whatsoever. To, to Lori. Uh, eventually, it becomes. Uh, it's a in Halloween too, and then and then it's in a the little fr- bit maybe the Rob Zombie. Movie. I think it's why they try to establish why he's chasing her down at the hospital. But it's really four and five where they get into the family. Okay. And like the the family tree of of, of Mike Myers and Laurie Strode's and Laurie Strode's you know daughter or, or niece, who's the main character in um, uh, Halloween's four and five. She's a little girl who eventually becomes one of the actresses that gets naked in Rob Zombies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, so, but like Halloween is, is to me just this idea of the pure evil. And you have Dr. Loomis, this like, you know, this attempt for good to try to finalize Movie's evil over. and end it forever. And, 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 and there's, and there's no way to do it. And Loomis is constantly, it's, it's, it's a Sisyphean task for Loomis to try to stop Mike Myers. I like that. Oh, Mike Greg Nicotero be- was one of the fucking uh, mutants. He oh, played Sis. He was? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's Sis. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that Mike Myers is like this, just like this disembodied evil. I love that his his mask is this just really generic face. It's obviously everyone knows it. It's it's Captain Kirk. Uh, it's a bad Captain Kirk mask. But I love that the mask is just this simple facial expression that the that this man is killing 
with these simple facial expressions that he's just he has a, he has no smile he has no grimace he's no growl he's just killing you and there's even moments where the stuntman plays to that in the very first halloween film where he stabs the boy or the teenager up against the cupboard and then he turns his head like a dog looking at it and like everyone talks about that moment but it is because it's so visceral no, no, and it's sometimes so relatable yeah. Because he's like he, because everyone's seen a dog do that. Whether you've seen a dog in your own life do that, or you've seen a dog in a movie do that, everyone knows a dog does that. And then to see a, a complete lack of expression, just looking at this person who's hanging up on a wall because of a giant fucking blade is through their fucking abdomen, it's so horrifying. And then you know, there's the point where like uh, even Mike Myers pulls like a Revenge of the Nerds where he almost tries to fuck one of the girls as a ghost. Like he he gets that point where he kind of like she's like, oh my god, what are you doing, honey? And it's just Mike Myers behind this giant white sheet. She's like, stop, you're scaring me. And it's like he could have got he could have done anything. This woman was totally willing to like let her boyfriend <laughs> yeah, in a way she fuck her. They have that in the Rob Zombie one too, and it's like the the character is like maybe five six, and then when it's Mike Myers, he's like just seven foot seven tall two. thing. I'm just like the, yeah. the, the, some some reason it works in the original. It's Tyler Maine, it's Tyler Maine by the way. Yeah, Sabertooth Sabertooth from X Men. But uh, some reason it works in the original, and and then this one is just like, well, that's obviously a different person. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Halloween, it's just in its score. It's the music. The score is fucking fantastic. There's nothing like Halloween score. It has been emulated so many fucking times because of it. People homage it over and over again. Um, But the score is also what makes the movie great. And then it's the opening title credits. I love watching the fucking slow push in on a fucking jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Like, and then by the time you get to like, you know, the top build type credits where you get to like, you know, pro- executive producers, writers, director, the the jack o' lantern, the light on the jack o' lantern, that turns off, and all of a sudden it's just the jack o' lantern's candlelight inside of it glowing, and you see that only through it. I think it's just, it's a movie that like screams to me Halloween, and that's what it's supposed to be. And the whole day takes place on, or the whole film practically takes place on Halloween. And it's just a great movie to watch every year. And it's the movie I watch on Halloween every year. Well, I mean, I should probably explain why Halloween's not on my list uh, or, or any of them. It's I, I watched it and kind of thought like, oh, it's fine. You know, it, it was I, I, I do not have that superpower is the problem. And, and when I saw Halloween, I was probably 18 or 19. And at that point, I was just like, ah, it's just another one. You know, it's another Friday the 13th. This is another big scary thing that doesn't talk right uh I, I mean i saw it after i saw seven so like you can understand where i'm coming from where like movies that stuck with me like silence of the lambs where like you have a complicated uh uh you know ki- a killer with like a psych his psychology it's what's fucking scary about it to me the you you, you either want like um like an actual monster be it a shark or some kind of xenomorphic creature yeah some kind uh, of weird extraterrestrial. something where it, it doesn't think and that's the thing or you have a fucking complicated like actual character that's scary be, be it your fucking you know your john does from seven your Hannibal electors your nate jacobs uh your buffalo bills your buffalo even buffalo bill yeah absolutely it's fucking like the, the idea that you know he was billy remember Billy's not a real transsexual. He just thinks he is like that's the Hannibal's diagnosis. He's not actually trans. He's his his uh, psychosis is like he has like actual like severe mental like illnesses that make him a violent serial killer. And he just thinks he's, you know, 
wants to be a woman, but it's actually he wants he's a, a monster. Uh, or you have an actual like mo- monster. And and for me, like your your Jasons and your Mike Myers, to me, like there's no character there. It's all it's the characters all their backstories. Honestly, I liked Rob Zombie's Halloween more than the original Halloween because really? it, because it was both prequel and and remake. So you know it, it adds a, a first act that's 45 minutes that expands upon the very opening of Halloween and actually right. Well, Mike Myers has always been faceless, right? And then Rob Zombie's Halloween, Mike Myers specifically has a face as a child. Yeah, and like it's they not, humanize and, him, and he's not actually deformed or anything. He's he just has like a thing where right. yeah, he, he's more comfortable behind the mask, and then and then they use the. Uh, they use elements of Halloween too in that movie too. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wait. Mike, Mike Mike Myers only is deformed from Laurie sticking the hanger in his eye in, in the first Halloween, movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the only reason he's deformed. He's only in his uh, dead eye because of it. Okay, but then yeah, and that's why the the wait doesn't Jason also have an eye missing? Jason's just all fucked up. Jason's fucked up because he was drowned and he's a, he's a body. Come I confuse it too. Cause they're just both giant fucking. Uh, and then the other yep. one being Leatherface, uh, the, the, the three giant dudes with their masks hidden who don't say anything and aren't characters. Right. They're basically just cost like a, a, no, a costume characters. design. No, they're characters for sure. Leatherface is much more chaotic and wild and, and he's swinging wildly at you. He's swinging for the moon. He's, you know, well, swinging yeah, away. But Leatherface is just a brute, basically. He's just a drone yes. for Mike the Myers family. is collected and cold and very, like, deliberate. And J- Jason is, I, I think he's kind of a little bit more of like a football player, I feel like. He's like a jock variation on the uh, on on the slasher killer. But they don't have any dialogue. And that's, that's my point, where there's just... There, to me, it's not psychologically disturbing in right. the ways that all, all the other movies on my list are because it makes you look at the world or people differently. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in a nutshell, yeah, it, it, I mean, they are silent, like, it, but that's kind of what makes them all terrifying in their own way. It, it, Freddy is definitely not silent. Freddy is the exact opposite, right? Freddy's the the one that can't stop fucking talking. Yeah, Freddy, obviously, Freddy talks too much. Uh, he talks way too much. But, but like if you could have a silent thing, because obviously, you know, sharks and perhaps some types of extraterrestrial insect like drones don't don't talk but then you have to have a interesting Critters. human who's yeah uh who, who an interesting human like maybe an android or maybe a fucking vengeance focused uh ship captain who who can also be the, the plot antagonist or mm-hmm. or a mayor who's just trying to save the economy who can be the antagonist for the first half of your movie you need, you need characters uh who can be and there's no like there's no villainous character in the Halloween movies. But that's and, what's great because yeah. that's what makes it relatable because like not everybody walks around day to day with a mayor that they hate so fucking viscerally. I sure as fuck do. Well, you do. <laughs> you have a reason. Eric. Eric Garcetti. Um, but I have a good so reason to. said like he's a reverse Jaws mayor. He's he's like shut down everything forever and it's like yeah dude there's no shark. That, that was a boating accident. No it was a shark. <laughs> there's yeah, millions of sharks. Shark. We're calling Every- it a shark. Everyone that died on that boat gets a shark attack as their as their cause of death. This, this um, guy died in a motorcycle accident. Shark caused but, it. <laughs> yeah, shark caused it. But Halloween. What's great about Halloween is that is that Halloween has it is relatable and it's every town USA. It's any town USA, right? It's yeah. it's the fact that anybody could have this you know this horrible circumstance happen because that's what yeah. the first Halloween is. It's a it's a, a circumstance which a psycho gets released or escapes out of jail. 
uh, during a breakout and then he goes and runs fucking hell on his old town. And then, of course, it became a family thing. But if you go to the new Halloween by David Gordon Green, it just continues. The psycho broke out of jail that one night and he went crazy. And now everyone's dealing with the PTSD of that one night. Laurie's not and, his sister in the remake. I haven't seen it, but I, as I, no, no, not the remake, but the, the, the new number sequel, two, the yeah. Halloween 2018. Um, Laurie's not his sister in any way. She's just simply a victim that survived a survivor. And she has survivor guilt and she has PTSD and she's dealing with it. And the whole movie's conversation on, on PTSD and how it trickles down through generations. I will not see so that. Not movie. only Laurie has PTSD, but now her daughter has PTSD because of the events that she never even did. Her daughter was never yeah. even alive. Right. In, in, in 1978. But her daughter feels the effects of that. Yeah. And and now her grandchild also feels the effects of it. And then Mike Myers comes back. But Mike Myers in even the 2018 version, he's still a man. He's just a strong man. He's a man that's got willpower, like fucking like Hal Jordan. But he is still only a man. When was he supernatural? Did he go supernatural? He goes supernatural um, by four and five and six. That's, I'm pretty sure. Six for sure. Dumb. Six is when they really get the whole druid shit. And they talk about like six is where Paul Rudd comes in. And that's where Loomis finally dies. Yeah. And where they actually get really into the nitty gritty of the druids and all the different like like fucking whatever it is otherworldly shit that mike myers is involved okay. in at that point but yeah the 1978 one is so simple and that's what makes it great it's just a few babysitters yeah. get fucking slaughtered had i seen it in 1978 when i was a, a, a man <laughs> yeah. uh you know had i seen it before i saw all the movies that it, it inspired or influenced uh it, it would have been significant more significant yeah. to me but I, I i saw it so late that uh i, I just kind of saw it like uh, another one i think i saw it Back to back with Brain Dead. Ooh, uh, dude! So, guess what? I saw it back to back with what? And okay, so this is because a friend of Wait, mine. What that is Brain Dead also called? Brain Dead, uh, not Dead Alive. Dead Alive. That's the movie I'm thinking no, of. I think that's a different movie. No, yeah, Brain Dead and Dead Alive. Yes, yes because, I, I saw it as yes. Dead Alive. Yeah, so I saw it Bad back to back, and I was, like, I was watching all these classic horror movies, and I was like, it was, it was near Halloween, mm-hmm. I was like 18 or something, and, and I was just like, oh. That that movie won the day, like, and I didn't even remember Halloween. It's just kind of a yeah, there's nudity. Nudity was cool, but like, it was just a big guy with a knife. Wow. No, see, for me, it was quite the opposite. I I saw it. I got a double feature. A friend down the street. He had Halloween and he had the Terminator. And I watched. I had already seen Terminator two at that point, so it was finally like seeing the original, the prequel at that point, I guess for me. And I saw uh, Halloween and I went to the Terminator. I loved them both. I was blown away by both of them. It was so good. But like just like Lawrence Arabia, I can appreciate things that are old. And like Lawrence Arabia has no squibs and people dying. And like I can I can imagine the blood. And it has you know aerial combat that's a little weak compared to today's standards but it's fine like i can like i can understand like that's more authentic and real um halloween is more authentic and real i feel like in that regard yeah. it, it the, the rest of the series all the way through halloween resurrection and h2o like it just I gets saw h2o so in theaters i believe uh, you did yeah. that's awesome that's great I, I don't remember anything of it i saw jason x in theaters too and i never seen any of the other movies at that point i think so jamie lee curtis is in halloween 78 halloween 2 she's in halloween Seven, which is H2O, Halloween 8, just in the prologue, Resurrection. Yep. And then she's in Halloween 2018 and also going to be in Halloween <clears throat> Kills and then Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. apparently. So, like, she's been in Halloween a, Kills the, is finished but not released because of the COVID. And then the, I think that's right. They're still supposed to make a third one? Or are yeah, they filming back to back? Ends. 
And that's going to be like the end of the whole trilogy or whatever. Not, yeah. I'm not okay with that. I am not okay with that. You know, I saw Terminator, whatever the fuck it was called in theaters. Genesis? And, and I, no, 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 no. Dark no. Fate? Dark Fate, yeah. Where it's just like, we're the real third movie. <laughs> Ignore all the other third movies. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, okay. You can kind of do that if you do a, I, I guess, I'm not entirely okay with it, but I guess I'm okay with the way Superman Returns did it. Where, where, cause it's like, it's far enough in the future and you're recasting. But when you keep casting continuity and you've also got other sequels with the same actor, a guy named Arnold or Jamie Lee Curtis, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you fucking, you, you can't then just go like all oh, the other movies didn't happen. And I, I, right. I wanted to excuse dark fake because yeah, we have time travel and maybe this is just a different timeline because there's time travel, but there's no time travel in motherfucking Halloween. So they're just saying no, it has been the whole time. That's the trick. That's the twist. <laughs> okay. Mike Myers is a time traveler. So, but but it's there's no time but, but no because the movie they didn't de-age Jamie Lee Curtis she's an old woman she's like so like the, her appearances in how in in H2O and Resurrected should have happened canonically but they didn't happen because we're wiping that that canon including right. Halloween two are they wiping are they are they yes. keeping Halloween two yes no 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 Halloween two does not exist Hollow for the for the new the new series it goes Halloween 1978 Halloween 2018. And then it goes Halloween kills and then Halloween ends. It's just those four films yeah, in that series. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with and that. And then there's a Rob Zombie series that's just two movies. Yeah. And then there's another series that's like seven to eight movies. No, seven movies with a – and then there's a random third film in there that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and Zombie's second movie is terrible. I, I, I can't uh, really – well, I, I'm one. pretty sure Nolan appreciated my number one being Halloween. Not only did he probably guess that from the get go, but he also, I think, hates Halloween. So that was for you, Nolan. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just again, I, I was so familiar with what it inspired that seeing the the original, you know. Hey, just, I got to be true to who I am. Yeah. And if you know me and you know it's horror movies, then you know my number one yeah. is always going to be Halloween. It's yeah. Halloween. Well, Halloween for me is everything to me. Yes. So, Felk, what is your Number one. Well, depending on how much of the previous conversation that you cut out, it may or may not, not have much, already been revealed. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit. But yeah, I mean, just knowing me, you should have been able to pick that my number one and two, depending on order, uh, would be oh. Dawn of the Dead and, of course, uh, Alien. Uh, Alien is the. Now, you, you have, perhaps have a reason why you wouldn't consider it. Uh, viable it's too and much I, sci fi and too much franchise in a sci fi. The, the whole the whole franchise went more science fiction and less the horror route because Alien is down the middle science fiction horror, yeah. just like Terminator is science fiction horror. But the Terminator films went science fiction instead of horror, they went science fiction action. Alien also went science fiction action instead of continuing down horror. If it had continued down a horror path, then it would have been called a horror franchise, and I would have gone with it. But because the whole franchise yeah. takes a, a right-hand turn to action, I can't call it – I can't put Alien in a horror film list. Yeah. I love Alien. It is one of my favorite films of all time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, in that case, yeah, it's it's – I am viewing it as the movie Alien. If you consider it – Simple as it, its own. It adds its own. If you if you then go into the, the sequels, then obviously it, it, it takes out the, the horror element. I mean, there is horror in Aliens, but it is it is a Less. action movie first, 
sci-fi then horror whereas i feel like alien is probably sci-fi first then horror but the horror is like the way this like the structure it's how it works the sci-fi is so grounded that i don't feel like the sci-fi gets in the way of it being a horror movie uh it is an it is almost a response to to star wars and that it doesn't like space isn't fancy in one of the making ofs that's came out on the, the DVD, you have all these other uh, people like I think Chris Nolan, maybe uh, but James Cameron was in it discussing. Those, OK, the, the quadrilogy documentaries you're talking about yeah. for all four films, alien films is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, uh, not Alien Covenant, not Prometheus. I'm talking about obviously, you know, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Holy shit. Those documentaries are amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and James Cameron talks about how you you see you, you know, you cut to it and you immediately get it. Oh, these guys are oil workers and, and truck drivers. Like it's yep. we, we you, it, oil workers and truck drivers are, real, are yeah they're industrial workers. They're mm-hmm. concerned about their percentages. They're concerned about like pay when when they go, they go off on the sci-fi adventure. It's because they fucking the big home office is saying we'll give you a fucking double time and extra pay and all that stuff. That shits their motivation. Cameron carries that over to Abyss to a certain degree, you know, and and mm-hmm. and how he does aliens where like you immediately get, OK, these are Vietnam troopers. These are these are guys who are like, we're going to fight fucking a joke. And then they're like, ah, we're fucking dying uh, yep. immediately. You, know, you 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 get it through the, the costume design and everything. And none of that pulls from sci fi. Nobody's dressed like fucking Zardoz. They're dressed like fucking like truck drivers. Zardoz. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's the opposite True. way that sci-fi I was just can... referencing that in our, our conversation, in our text thread about how that's the perfect sci fi outfit. Yeah. But and Alien has no sci fi outfits. They're wearing like Carhartt jackets and stuff. And, and they're yep. concerned with the percentages and, and the design of the ship is very clearly like what you would think like an oil rig looks like. Um, yes, yeah, a space oil rig, a space oil rig. So because yeah. of that, the space is the sci fi is just setting, in my opinion. It's like the, the concept isn't because you can you can put put a monster in reality. And I, mean, I guess, uh, you know, it's, it can be compared with like the thing where, where it's it is on Earth. And it's a similar claustrophobic uh, mm-hmm. situation. But uh, with Alien, like Spielberg didn't invent a shark or a, a T-Rex or whatever. And ultimately, your leather faces Tiger. and all those other things are just uh, just big dudes with masks on and knives and sharp things uh, right. or machetes or whatever. Uh, the, the Xenomorph is a wholly original creature that stands upon your tiger, your tigers and your fucking sharks and all the things that nature has given us uh, as a terrifying image. And it, it was, you know, it's a painting that H.R. Geiger created that really Scott saw and hired him and he, had to tone down how fucking phallic and sexual it was. So it was more oh, subjects. Not just phallic, but like chalice, like so much chalic fucking, is that how you say chalic? I think it's chalic. It's vaginas. It was the, fine, yes, there's it was the vagina imagery of the wombs. egg. Uh, the, the, the xenomorph is as iconic as any fucking, you know, monster could be. And there's so many fucking like zats and creatures from the black lagoons and dudes in suits. But yeah. the two that, the, I mean, hey, by the way, don't fucking trash Gilman. Gilman's awesome. Gilman's the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's a cool, amazing. It's a cool, but like, it's not photographed. He's in, swimming in that suit. It's a Brazilian diver or swimmer that's in that suit underwater. And he's swimming in that suit. Well, that's crazy. I, the movie was a, an influence. Creature from the Black Lagoon was an influence on Alien because, in, in terms of like how you film a suit to make it not. It was, look on, like a suit. It was an influence on the shape of water in Guillermo del Toro. Uh, yes, sure. definitely. And he wanted to fuck it. Um, Alien or Aliens, Felk. 
Well, Aliens is my is a, is a better. OK, we've had this. We've done this like 17 times. Aliens is the better movie, but Alien is the better film because and, and I mean, even down to the fact that Alien is shot anamorphic two, three, five. And, and all on sets and it's it's like claustrophobic and the cinematography is more film like aliens mm-hmm. there's not there's not like crazy cinematography it's shot uh academy aspect ratio you know it's it's not uh you don't have that anamorphic lens flare distortion everything it, it feels more like a, like somebody's just filming vietnam fucking footage and stuff a- aliens is, is the better journey and experience as a movie uh but alien sticks with you more as a as how it affects your psychology how it affects your mind in terms of uh the way you know the paranoia and eventually everything they do with ash is, is perfect because you didn't know mm-hmm. obviously then that there was androids in this all aliens Ash is great. All aliens can do is do the reverse where you think, you know, it has like almost the exact same shot at the exact same time of of Bishop analyzing the face hugger, just like uh, Ash analyzes the face hugger. And you think, oh, he's kind of little. He's a little too into this alien. Uh, and then, of course, Lance Henriksen, man, Bishop, nailed Bishop uh, and Ian Holm nailed Ash. Uh, and then they rest in peace. Ian Holm, he just died, I think. Did he just die? He died like a month or two ago, I think. Did he really? Holy shit. Not because of COVID, but during COVID. Uh, Did he die going 85 on the five, sucking some hardcore dick? Yeah, Bobo. He, he, he died just recently. Are you looking he it up? He did. June 19th, 2020, Ian Holmes dies yeah. from sucking dick too hard. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. 71 years is far too short a time to live among such excellent and admirable hobbits. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. So, uh, but but all aliens can do is do the reverse, where you think he might be bad, and of course he turns out to be good. Uh, but uh, but you didn't know when that happened in alien that there's even fucking androids in the mo- in this world so that was like pull- using sci-fi to accomplish a horror thing whereas uh aliens it uses horror to accomplish action things so it's not like and sci-fi to accomplish action things mm-hmm. alien is first and foremost a, a movie about fear and the, the other thing is you know the script obviously was written so um so that you know the all the roles were gender neutral and could be cast either way nowadays they just cast eight trans people but back then that mean making a decision with each character as whether they go masculine or feminine and you know you don't know like Despite what a lot of people think, a lot, most movies telegraph, this character is going to be the one who survives. This is the girl. This is the main right. girl. Whereas with Alien, you th- I, I mean, you could watch it and think Tom Skerritt's the hero. You think it's Tom Skerritt. No, you, no matter what, you think it's Tom Skerritt every time. And I mean, yeah, yeah, if you have your ability to forget that you've seen a movie before, like mm-hmm. it, it, it does not telegraph at all it's that called, Ripley's the main weed. character. You just get really high. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't telegraph <laughs> that Ripley's the main character. She comes across as a bitch in the first act. No, oh my God, she doesn't come across as a bitch. She just comes across as someone that just sticks to the rules like a stickler. Yeah, that's all. But but but, but that's like, the inhumane thing because you want to help your friend. You 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 think Tom Skerritt's the hero, but you, it, it's 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 really it's the uh, it's the two like grunts. It's the little white dude and the big black guy. You almost feel like those are the actual like heroes of the movie at one point. You actually feel like they're gonna do something to like change this 
whole situation and turn it all around and it's not well their reactions to everything is is pretty fucking perfect alien is all about reactions actually that's that's a really it's i mean like that's for me the movie is not about a xenomorph i love that the xenomorph like a fascinating creature design um it is it is absolutely uh implementing its 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 fear on top of the entire film you were worried where this creature is throughout the film where is it in the spaceship it could be anywhere it could fucking kill you i mean the way it takes out fucking harry dean stanton you're just like holy shit like this thing is fucking unrelentless and it will just like it's it's like super sharp like whatever it's doing with its tongue thing it's super sharp it just goes through him and and so you're watching this movie and you're and you and and like you're not me i'm i'm not focused on the xenomorph i'm really focused on like the reactions it's all the tiny little reactions. Well, it's, it's, it's the what? It's the fear that the xenomorph instills because it can be anywhere. But yeah, but it's even before it's a xenomorph. It's when it's when um, uh, John Hurt's character is brought on onto the ship and everyone's freaking the fuck out. I guess okay. For for instance, I gotta say this. I watch the special edition almost exclusively now, so I see a lot more scenes now that I see in the special edition that are not in the theatrical edition. So I'm only speaking about the special edition, really. For Alien. But, yeah, for Alien. I yeah. don't think. That, see, but, I think the theatrical cuts are the best, honestly. Well, the theatrical cuts are a little longer. The special edition is a little shorter because he trims the fat a bit and he adds a couple scenes back in. Yeah. But the special edition really allows you to kind of see these characters in this moment where like they're dealing with essentially quarantine, right? Like, what? How do you handle this person? We as our friend, our family member. Uh, and he's fucked up and he's got this thing on his face, this parasite on his face. We got to bring him in. We got to take care of him. We got to save him. How far do we go with that? There's a lot there. And the way every single character handles that moment in the movie that sets up how these characters are going to go through the rest of the film. And it's the way Ripley is the only one that's like fucking standard operating procedure. We need to follow it. Yeah. She, she, she clings, I mean, she clings to it she the whole movie. But yeah. And it, well, she, yeah, she clings to it the whole movie. Almost. She goes back for the cat, but, uh, for the most part stays, uh, emotionless and being rational to the point where like, I mean, that, that's, it's such a great ticking clock. That they have an escape pod, but it only has, I think, three seats. Yeah, and, and an escape pod requires you to have to be in your underwear the whole time. Well, that's no, she. No, I know, I know. I think, I think sexy, she. Just, I way. think she just does that to. She unwind. does that to get into the uh, into the spacesuit, but it's just sexy as fuck. Dude. I think she was she's going into. Tiny she was going into cryo on. though. She was. I think she was going into the cryo tube for that. And then the alien. Appears. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. But she does get into the spacesuit with her little. Tiny, and the reveal, tiny the alien in that scene is well. Yes, the TNA is important. You need to have that. Uh, I mean, but the TNA's no, no TNA's important in horror films across the board, regardless, right? But TNA in that moment is not because you want to see some TNA, some, but you want to see with his arms Ripley, yeah. and you're thinking, holy shit, she's so exposed. Yes, it is a yes in terms of narrative, it is about the the vulnerability uh, yep. for it, and and that is the, the reveal, of the alien shots, one of the few few flawed shots of the alien in that mm-hmm. movie where it doesn't look like I liked it. It's a little too guy in a suit uh like it moves fast but then it moves slow but then it moves fast it can just jump at her but other than that the movie's perfect the way it's revealed as part of the pipes yeah that's brilliant that is brilliant that is brilliant but then it just sits there (laughs) while she gets into the suit and the movie actually steals from star crystal um i think it's star crystal in which uh, or is it uh, something else? It might be in another movie, but they, it steals the perspective of blowing an alien out the out the actual airlock. That's an old movie. That's from like the fifties or sixties that know. did that. 
And so Alien homages that by blowing its alien out the airlock too. But in doing so, created a trend within the franchise of just blowing aliens out airlocks. Yeah, okay, yes. And but aliens can do it because it's a different looking airlock and it's a different situation. Uh yep. Alien 3 does not blow it out through an airlock. It gets No, it traps in, it in a metal hot metal airlock. Lead and uh and, and then and then Alien Ford takes the airlock thing and like what if the airlock was so small it just ripped it apart and also yeah, what if the airlock was a bullet hole Ripley kind of thinks of it as her daughter uh, but yeah. but yeah so um oh, fuck uh the, the fr- I think I, we talked about all this before you can't con- yeah of course we've talked about Alien Ford and everything about Alien is perfect uh that's uh, I'll I'll wrap it up there yeah Alien is is perfect and um. I, I think this is something that I, every time I watch the movie, I always think about, and I'm I'm so happy I I heard us say it finally on on something I've never heard anybody ever talk about it. The spaceship, the Nostradamus or whatever they fucking call it, the Nostromus or whatever. Nostromus. No, Nostromo. 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 That's it. It looks like a fucking oil rig. It's a vertical. It's a giant vertical spaceship. Yeah. It is tall. It is not sleek. It is it is not an alien spaceship to take you to war or to fucking jet you across it's the not, galaxy. It's not this the Star Destroyer, the Millennium Falcon. It, it, is it doesn't not. look like a spaceship. It looks like something we made now. And it just happens to be in space. And that's why I don't that's why I still maintain Alien is more a horror movie than it is a sci-fi movie. It is. It is. Yeah, and, and and I love it. Honestly, I love it. It's one of my favorite um, horror films from the 70s. I just simply have to create a reason to put Halloween number one. Yeah. So I make a reason that Alien and Jaws can't be on the list. Um, honorable mentions, real quick, I want to go over. Uh, Duel It was the movie I was referring to earlier. Duel is a is is essentially Jaws with cars. Um, and it's Spielberg. It was a TV movie uh that yeah. was essentially i think uh re-released uh theatrically and um i will not count it that for that reason alone because i didn't really think that much fe- of it honestly i, was I rewatched like, it this year it's good it, the the voiceover is clunky and not movie the narration and not movie like what is who is this guy why is he coming after me what's going on here like what does this need to be said none of this needs to be said but you know what's really great is that the the stunts, the car stunts, especially the stuff with the semi, uh, are really amazing. And Spielberg got one of the top, cream of the top, top, top shelf, top men, tippity top top, all the way to the top. He got the best fucking stuntman driver ever at the time. Fill in the name now. Pronouncenames.com. Harry Lofton. Harry Lofton. He's amazing. And that was dual. And then um, Carrie. Carrie is the only other 70s film, 1970s film. I feel like I would have to really kind of mention. Yeah, I didn't I like really Carrie that much. Carrie. I'm not, I wasn't a you, teenage girl, so I couldn't relate. I never had a period. Oh, dude, I had so many periods. It was crazy. All right, let's, uh, let's do a quick cool boy ranking of the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes. I will give it two yeah. out of five, boys. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll give it uh, one out of five, boys. I do not like this movie at all. Every time I see it, I just do not understand what these fucking two boys do at the end. Well, that was the fucking best gay spooky Halloween horror inbred mutant porno movie I have ever seen. But it is not too scary for me. I'm super brave and hard. I don't like my penis soft. Give me that hard dick is what I always like to say. Give me, give me, give me. 
seriously give me as much of the hard deck as possible. I need it. I need it for my second annual Epic Halloween Boys Only Bash, and it's happening tonight, and this party is all about rocking and cocking. <laughs> Everyone is coming. Lance, Black Zane, Snuffy, Al, Leo, I don't remember where this is from. Uh, Lil Mo with the gimpy leg, Cheeks, <laughs> Money Bob, Cliff. <gasps> It's a lie. Oh, wait. Looks like they all arrived. Now we're talking. The room is literally pulsating and throbbing with big D energy. And BD hasn't even arrived yet. Whoa. <laughs> Best part about my party this year, there is no dress code, meaning a clothing optional. And I know how my boys like to dress. Full frontal nudity. Uh, yes, <laughs> King. <laughs> I'm going great tonight. My asshole will take such a pounding that my shit will have the viscosity of Jello pudding snacks, just the way Lance <laughs> likes it. Socks on, cocked out, and anus is profusely prolapsing. It's going to be hella fun. Except for Black Zane again. Black Zane's been quiet all night in the corner. And he's wearing jean cutoffs so short his penis and testes are literally hanging out again this year. What is on his mind? Last year, he just needed me to fuck his ever-living brains out. But this year, I don't think that could be it. I go over to the punch bowl to talk to Lance. Rumor has it. Lance <laughs> always knows the gossip. I ask Lancey Poo how he is enjoying himself. He answers by shitting himself and running away screaming. In his own way, Lance was right. I should ask Black Zane how he is feeling. I turn to go see Black Zane, but Black Zane is already looking at me and undressing me with his bedroom eyes. His big black cock, BBC, just straight begging in his tiny jean cutoffs for me to shove it in my skull. I lay down on the dance floor on my stomach and then flip over onto back and spread my legs wide, biting my lips, just crying for that cock without warning for no apparent reason. Black Zane unzips his shorts and grabs his mamba and brings it out for air. It begins to palpitate in his strong, rough man hands in rhythm with my heartbeat. We are in sync. I don't even notice that I'm still hosting this monster mash, still raging in my home. But to me, it's just the two of us, me and Black Zane spotlighted. As I lay, Black Zane walks over and with one swift hand stroke, he has me undressed, fully nude. Everything is on display and I'm not following this. Everything is on display for my main man, Black Zane, as I raise my legs above my head like I am a child getting their diaper changed. I call Black Zane over with my flick of a finger. Black Zane crawls over to me. Everyone stares at his third leg, dragging on the ground behind him. He is magnificent, and he is all mine. His hands glide over my freshly shaven body, and he begins so slightly to tug up my recently wind-shampooed hair. Hi, I'm Chaz Dean. I grab his hands and lower them, gliding them to my throat. Ooh. You see, my only rule is that nobody touches my hair, except the late, great Chaz Dean. He's not dead. Hi, I'm Chaz Dean. Black Zane then takes his ruggedly large hands and starts sexually squeezing my throat, but not from the front, but from the side. From the other two Black Zanes, you didn't even know we're there. How was that? Okay. Because Black Zane is a pack hunter, you see. He uses coordinated attack patterns, and he is out in force today. He comes on you with this six-inch retractable dog, like an eggplant, <laughs> in the middle of your fridge. 
<laughs> he doesn't bother to come on your back like a gentleman and say no, no. <laughs> he comes at you here or here or maybe across the belly. Spilling on your tummy. Okay. The point is, you are alive when they start to fuck you. So, you know, try to show a little respect. Jurassic Park. Uh, Did you like that? No. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what I just said. I have no idea what I just said. Except for the Jurassic Park lines. I, I have no idea what was happening in there. Just reading words. I love the Alan Grant part. When I slip Alan Grant in, instead of a song, I just decided to slip Alan Grant's entire... There could have been a song in there. I wouldn't know. I didn't notice rhyming. I don't, I don't know. Cowboy Nation, tell us if you actually watched the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes <gasps> along us. with us by emailing thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. Also, new episodes come out, but also, more importantly, be sure to like <laughs> and also subscribe to The Cool Boys Podcast. <laughs> Wait, our Miss Cool Boys. Also, please review us on iTunes. Also, donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck, yep. and you will also receive special access to content too hot to air. <gasps> okay. uh, you can also find the Cool Boys on Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast on also on <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube, but also not on Spotify. Uh, also, thank you for listening Stay spooky, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Spooksies from First Victim Felt. Spooksies. <laughs> oh. oh, no, and that's also Spooksies from Big Bob Ballard. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... What'd you think about having Mindy Misty on again? Uh, she's okay. I hated that episode. I mean, doing that episode, obviously, because I, I don't t care about the entire subject matter. You hated having Mindy and Misty on, or did you hate something specific about that episode? No, I hated the fact that we were, the entire episode was about Bravo shows, none of which I've ever watched and none of which I've ever cared about. Uh, uh, you, talk, you talked about uh, Top Chef. You talked about Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah, yeah, but that was not the topic of the show. Like They weren't even on the document. They weren't even no, on my list. None of, none of my virtues were on your list. <laughs> oh, gladiator reference. Yeah, oh. you got it. See, that's why I we're love friends. that. That's, that's why. a great scene. Yeah. You wrote to me once, listing the four chief virtues: wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance. As I read the list, I knew I had none of them, but I have other virtues. That can be a virtue when it drives us to excel. Resourcefulness, courage, perhaps not on the battlefield, but there are many forms of courage. Devotion to my family, to you. But none of my virtues won your list. But Mindy Misty is, is, is totally 
fine. She's the best person, woman, man, camera, or TV we've had on this podcast. Oh, Mandy, you came and you brought me a turkey <laughs> on my vacation away from worky. He says, when he sings in the, sh- the to the mirror, he says Andy the second time. That's why Elisa says, you're, sounds like you're either infatuated with a woman named Mindy. Or a man named a man Mandy. Named Andy. <laughs> oh, Mandy, you came and you gave without flaking. But I sent you Ben Gay. Oh, Andy, you kissed me and stopped me from something. And I... Uh-oh. Dad, why are you singing? Tell a lie, tell a lie. Because I have a small role in a Broadway musical. It's not much, but it's a start. Bravo. Are you hiding something from me? Like what? Judging from your song, you're infatuated with a woman named Mindy. Or a man named Andy. Get some cool boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious. Happy Halloween, cool boy nation. Happy Halloween.